thing that they're bumping up this vote that I'm looking for. And they're like, it's looks like they're trying to choke it through secretly. Um, oh, Cause it's not, it's not coming up um, like, you know, on any news sources. And then I'm looking at the actual congress.gov that it's still, it's not listing like their, uh, their schedule. So it's past the, uh, let me see the house judiciary, and then a specific committee on crime, terrorism, and homeland security. Um, it's going up for a vote, but word came out this morning that uh, that they're bumping it up. It was supposed they're supposed to go into recess um, until sometime in August is when they were expecting the vote to come up. Yeah. But uh, like Firearm Policy Coalition and some other sources on social media are saying that they're bumping it up for a vote today, and that they literally changed the House rules to be able to do that. To vote on it today, yeah. They're, they're trying to trying to uh, keep the opposition down as much as possible, so people don't storm the. Yeah, I mean that's that's ba- that's Washington part of again. It. I mean they're they're cutting out at least a month of people being able to call in and protest, and this is HR eighteen oh eight that we're talking about, the assault weapons ban of twenty twenty two. All right, leadheads. Uh, this is a little pre-show precursor. Uh, before we get into the today's episode, for what's going on with the assault weapons ban, uh, I wanted to get you guys maybe some perspective on what's going on. Uh, you, you need to be active and you need to get involved, but I don't think you know panic is the the key just yet because there's still a lot of stages that this um, this bill has to go through. Uh, and to do that, I brought on an attorney. He's a friend of the show. He's a leadhead. He's been on um, a couple episodes back, and uh, you guys are familiar with him. If you're not, you're just tuning in. Give a big welcome to leadhead Pierce Taylor. Pierce, welcome in. Hey, thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Pierce is an attorney in Georgia. Um, I don't know if you want to state what your specific uh, practice is or not, but uh, you yeah, know, sure. I you know that. the law, I, uh, and you've been boning up on this, so you know quite a bit about it. So I thought it'd be good if we had an attorney and got an a, a attorney's kind of uh, perspective on this. So I am an attorney in Georgia. My specific practice is workers' compensation defense, um, but in law school took a lot of constitutional law classes. I stay up on the goings on of the second amendment community. Cause obviously a uh, long time leadhead and second amendment enthusiast. But, uh, this morning I took kind of a deep dive into a few things that are going on, including this HR 1808, uh, assault weapons ban that they're seemingly bumping up to a vote before they go into recess. They being the house being the, our government, right? is who they are the government and the people um who are their puppet masters right and so essentially what it is is it has a ton of definitions and it defines just a general semi-automatic assault weapon as a it can be a pistol a rifle or a shotgun with a removable magazine or some other feature as well as um, it's kind of doing the thing that a lot of states have done where they're they're picking these guns by certain features. One, the you know, the thing that will pull out a lot of guns, including just regular handguns, is one of those features is also a threaded barrel. A threaded barrel is going to yeah, be so considered an assault weapon. A re- yeah, a removable magazine plus a threaded barrel 
and it's um, and it falls under their definition. They've also um, specifically named a ton of different guns. So Knight's Armament SR-15 was one that I saw, and that's a very Canadian way of going about it because the the Canadian ban also does the same thing. This is crazy, and I'm like you. I saw a lot of this on the social media. So welcome to the show, mm-hmm. Leadheads. This is uh, the Talking Lead Podcast. I thought this was uh, important enough to to try to get you guys some information and let you know what's going on since the show is dropping today, Friday, July the 29th. HR 1808, is that it? I found it here. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Assault Weapons Ban of 2022. And... H.R. 1808, 117th Congress, 2021-2022. The bill makes it a crime to knowingly import, sell, manufacture, transfer, or possess a semi-automatic assault weapon. They're calling it, abbreviating, a SAW, or Large Capacity Ammunition (laughs) Feeding Device, and they're abbreviating that, L-C-A-F-D. The prohibition does not apply to a firearm that is manually operated by bolt, pump, lever or slide action permanently yeah, they actually exempt a lot of guns as well and um recently you had uh henry firearms on and there's a bunch of henry's that are specifically named under the exempt portion of this law because yeah, well, they're lever actions uh permanently right. inoperable an antique or a rifle or shotgun specifically identified by make and model Rifle or shotgun specifically identified. Okay, if they specifically identify it, then then it's exempt. The bill also yep. exempts from the prohibition the following with respect to a saw or a LCAFD. Uh, importation, sale, manufacture, transfer, transfer, or possession related to certain law enforcement efforts or authorized test or experiments. So... Obviously, the the LE and military are going to be exempt from this, as well as any federal agency that they deem fit. I would assume. Sure, importation, sale, transfer, or possession related to securing nuclear materials, and possession by a retired law enforcement officer. The bill permits continued possession, sale, or transfer of a grandfathered saw, which must be securely stored. So they're going to make that part of it also that we're going to have to, they're going to mandate that we have uh, safes and secure That's devices exactly on our it. weapons. That's exactly it. They have the, the, the grand, they're grandfathering it, but they're also implementing a lot of other kind of um, difficult and unnecessary. Yeah. So you mentioned the storage requirements. There's also a marking requirement. So any sort of law, so they say, or a saw, so they say, the assault weapons, um, that they'll have to be specifically marked, um, even though they're grandfathered in, as well as those, quote-unquote, large-capacity magazines that, uh, that will also have to be marked. I think you've seen something similar requirements in states like Connecticut and everything. It's just something that's absolutely impossible California. to enforce this. New York. Right. Exactly. But it's impossible to enforce um, and violative probably of a number of other constitutional rights such as due process, um, I mean, it's, any sort of privacy rights. It's going to be very difficult to enforce, but it's going to be, they're going to make it a law and it's going to be a law and it will be, you will be subject to the, the fines and penalties that go along with that if you violate it. 
Um, sure. So um, <clears throat> I'm not saying that that people shouldn't protest and you know exercise your God-given right to to all this, but uh, it just makes it easier for them to take you to jail and prosecute you and make your life a living freaking hell. And you know they're they're gonna have they're gonna have their stormtroopers that come out and and are happy to enforce this. I mean, you've got people, law enforcement officers that you're talking to now, military people that you're talking to now that's saying, hey, you know, I'm not, they do this, I'm not going to, you don't have to worry about me coming and taking your, your stuff. Well, guess what? They'll yeah, get rid the of last, them, and they'll find somebody else who will. Absolutely. In the last two weeks, we saw, what was it, in Delaware, an ATF agent with some local PD showed up at a guy's house because he bought more than one gun, and the, the multi-gun purchase report was created and they were saying oh it's nothing just just show us the gun and we'll be on our way we just have to make sure that you're keeping it and then in the last couple of days the video surfaced of an atf agent going and taking pictures of the uh yeah. some local gun stores uh records and yeah. so essentially yeah. what they were doing getting is the buyer's name the address registry phone number yeah and they've been doing that they have been doing that and, since the beginning um, absolutely so I mean, make no. no mistake. That is exactly what they have done. It's not what they're doing. They have yeah. done. They have already made a, a, a registry of who has oh, firearms, where they're at, how many you got. Um. So and this this is just going to go further in perpetuating that. This goes on to absolutely. say a licensed gun dealer must conduct a background check prior to the sale or transfer of a grandfathered saw between private parties. So this is their. Uh, made up uh, gun show loophole where it up until if this passes it has been legal for private sales private individuals to conduct sales amongst themselves without having to do uh, any sort of background or uh, registration I guess but now this is where they're supposedly trying to fill that gap that they feel is uh, has been missing Definitely. It also um, goes should we on, talk about kind of the? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, let me, fi- let me finish this, and then we'll talk about some more. Mm-hmm. So the bill permits continued possession of, but prohibits sale or transfer of a grandfathered. It's the LCAFD, the magazine's large capacity uh, ammunition feeding device, is what they're calling a magazine. Newly manufactured LCAFDs must display serial number identification. So you got a serialized magazines mm-hmm. now. Newly manufactured yep. saws and LCAFDs must display the date of manufacture. The bill also uh, allows a state or local government to use Edward Byrne Memorial Justice Assistance Grant Program funds to compensate individuals who surrender a saw or a large capacity ammo fed device. A um, government under- buyback. Under a buyback program, so basically a government mm-hmm. buyback uh, program. So that's it. Which is in kind a of nutshell. a misnomer because you had to have owned it before to buy it back. That's true. That's true. That is true. So you know, and this this is just the 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 surface of it. If you get into it, there's I'm sure that it goes into a lot more, and there's a lot more caveats and. Uh, yeah. BS involved with it, but they are voting on it today. You need to, and I don't know how soon I'll get this out. Um, it may be too late by the time this gets out, 
But you you guys are aware of this. You know it's been going on. We've talked about it in past episodes. Yep. Uh, the social media is probably a buzz with it this morning. I haven't actually got on and, and gone through because I've been trying to get this show polished up and ready ready to go, ready to edit. Um, so what do you what do you want to add to this? What do people need to if this passes? What of our what are our um, recourses? Okay, so I think um, where I'd like to start is kind of the the process for it to pass. So right now it is facing a vote in the House, and the the composition of the House is such that it is going to pass the House. Uh, there is just too much of a majority um, of the Democrats over the Republicans, and there probably will be some Republicans that vote, as we saw recently with a, a gun control bill that was recently passed by both sections of the of the legislature and then signed by President Biden. So this will pass. Um, it's great to call your local uh, representatives. There's a way of doing it. Um, there's a number of different websites that will identify them for you, but you can also go to congress.gov and figure out what district you're in and who represents you specifically. Um, it's probably too late when it comes to the actual House members since the vote seems to be going today, potentially. Mm -hmm. uh, the next step will be it will go to Senate. Chances are it'll probably go to a committee in Senate. It'll be tweaked and then it'll be put up for a vote on the Senate floor. From now until whenever that happens, it would be really important to write, to call, and just to bombard the living hell out of the uh, your local senators. So you'll have two for every state. Call both of them every single day, even if it is just to say, quick, for 10 seconds, do not vote for this. Um, and it's going to change names probably uh, once it goes to the Senate. It'll probably be combined with whatever the Senate has introduced because they always seem to have the same bill introduced in both uh, portions. But in order for the Senate to pass it, there's uh, so the Democrats have a very narrow majority and the Senate requires cloture. So meaning they have to have essentially 60 votes in order to pass anything of significance. So they would have to have 60 votes, but we've seen it in the past. The nuclear option they claim would be to get rid of cloture. So all they would have to do is have a simple majority. And I believe it's 51 to 49 um, senators. And that would be assuming that no Republican senators uh, vote for the assault weapons ban. But we see several Republican senators, the senators, the one from Maine, I can't remember her name, but she seems to vote Democrat a lot. Susan so Collins possible. and Angus yes. King. Yes. Um, so we could see that go. Biden will sign it, uh, whatever comes to him, and then it would be up to the courts. There would be probably three levels of court, the district federal court, the appellate court, and then the Supreme Court. And then the Supreme Court would have the, have the choice to take it up. Um, generally, the Supreme Court will take a case when two different courts of appeals. So you'd have, let's say, the Ninth, which is California and all of those, versus the Eleventh, which is Georgia and most of the southeast, the southeast corner of the United States. If they come up with differing opinions, chances are the Supreme Court would be more likely to take it. And we saw recently in the Bruin decision that the Supreme Court has now essentially said there's a higher level of scrutiny the Second Amendment laws have to be reviewed under. Prior to that, even under the Heller decision and the, I can't remember, the, the one that came after it out of Chicago. Um, but those decisions really 
punted when it came to a um, the level of scrutiny that a court must must review a law. And the higher level of scrutiny, the harder harder it is to uphold that law. So we had the Bruin decision recently that overturned the the special cause requirement for getting a concealed carry permit in New York. And it gave very specific and terrific um, reasoning as to why and really enforced and pumped up the Second Amendment as as essentially an, or an actual right, which the court had always treated as somewhat as a, uh, a bastard right. They never really treated it with the same respect that they did the second, the, the First Amendment or the Fourth Amendment. And so now we have a higher level of scrutiny. And chances are this conservative court would probably overturn the assault weapons ban if it actually comes to fruition. So let me the ask you problem, this. Let me ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> so so if, if, if the House is voting on it today and it's likely to get, get passed through the House, then it goes to the Senate. The Senate votes on it. How soon after the House does it, does it, would the Senate have to to vote on it? It depends on if they want to push it forward. Well, obviously um, they do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I would say they'd probably fast track it because they probably want it ahead of the, uh, the midterm elections. Um, but they would have to also, in order to pass this, they'd have to end cloture. So that would require a vote. And then they would have to then put this through committee, probably make some changes, uh, vote on those changes. And if it passes, chances are the updated bill would go back to the House for another vote before going to the president. So, I mean, we're so looking this ain't going to this ain't going to pass today. You know, this isn't going to no. go into effect today. No. But if it does do all those other things before it gets to the president and then the president signs off on it, once he signs off on it, is it enacted at that point? Yes, uh, it would be enacted uh, probably right exactly when he signs it. Certain bills, sometimes they will put a, a, an effective date. So it would be, you know, July 1st seems to be an effective date that a lot of bills will have, uh, more so probably in the states than it does uh, the feds. But chances are this one would be effective immediately. So so we still have time. Um to, to fight this and, and get your yes. opinions in there. And like Pierce said, contact your senators because it's, it's too mm -hmm. late to, to get in touch with your, uh, your representatives. Uh, and you can go to contactsenators.com. That's www, I guess, contactsenators.com. And uh, there's a list of every state there and a link to how you can directly get in touch with them. So, for instance, I'm Tennessee – I can go down through here, Marsha Blackburn and Bill Haggerty. I click on their name. It brings her up, and uh, it's got fact sheets about her. And it says, here you will find information on her. Here's the mailing address. Here's the phone number. Everything you need right there. Uh, email, um, website, all the, all the stuff's there for everybody. Yeah, sometimes we also see organizations like gun owners of america firearms policy coalition they'll also have links that'll that will help you uh contact whatever it be whether it be the oh, house sure. or senators um, sure. sometimes they'll even have kind of a pre-made um email that you can send make it super easy the problem is those can, form emails are often never read yeah they're just they go through some kind of some sort of a filtering process it's like okay this is a, mm -hmm. a like a spam kind of thing and they'll just 
discard them. Right. But by law, they're supposed to um, read all those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so there you go, Leadheads. A little quick update on the assault weapons ban, where it's at, what's going on. Don't panic. <clears throat> it's not going to be enacted today. It's just going to get voted on by the House. Probably we will pass the House as you're listening to this. Uh, it's probably already passed. Hopefully not. I mean, hopefully something, some kind of curveball comes up to where um, it's not going to get passed. But there's still a lot involved with it to get it passed. So the House, then the Senate. Then you say if the Senate does it, then it might have to go back to the House for another vote or, or something. And then it gets, you know, so. Yeah, there's a, a process of, for sure. A lot of process going on. And they can't. But. They can't bypass this process either is that correct or is there a way for them to is there a loophole as they like to call them for them to bypass this not that i'm aware of they may fast track it they may put it as a priority bill um which you probably will see so it may be faster than we would hope but i mean not overnight probably not even in the next couple of weeks most likely it'll take a month or two but my bet would be it if it is going to get passed. The action is going to happen before these midterms because they're going to try to ride that as a uh, as a victory to try to drum up some more votes. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll it'll be the opposite. And uh, and I think with the majority of Americans and un, unpopular with what's going on in the media these days is most people don't want this. Most right. of, most Americans do not want this at all. Well, that's the that's majority also evident because you start. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's so many um, politicians that are just blatantly lying about oh. what these guns are. Yeah, yeah, they're they're making up stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the the one that popped up the other day is some female congresswoman said something along the lines of uh, that the AR-15, the five-five-six round, will make uh, an exit wound several feet wide. Oh, yeah, talking about it blowing people's heads uh, apart. And, yeah. and the guy with the brace talking about the uh, the stabilizing braces, that they're bump stocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I, I saw that one as well. <laughs> what a bonehead. But, I mean, they're just they're just blatantly, like it's you lying. said, lying mm-hmm. about this. And yeah. and I think this guy actually, you know, that that's what he was fed, so that's what he was regurgitating. That's how his... Mm-hmm. Uh, what are those people called that they have around him? His entourage was feeding him. <laughs> his staffers. His staffers. Uh, and no, they they all knowing that it's bull crap. And yet oh, yeah. this guy's just, you know, earpiece saying what he says, Ron Burgundy in it. And, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. Showing what like, an uh, idiot Biden these the other day are. say, repeat that line. <laughs> repeat that line. <laughs> yeah. From his teleprompter. Yep. And he didn't repeat the line. That was the funniest part. He just read it and kept on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it it's it's a shame that it's so funny because this is our this is You're our right. government. These are the people who are in charge, put in charge by us. Mm-hmm. Um. So you got to get out there. You got to do your part. You gotta you gotta protest. You gotta you gotta make your your disappointments and your your likes and dislikes known to your senators and your representatives Absolutely. and these and people. vote and fund the organizations that are pushing forward the rights that we yeah. find important. Yeah, our lobbyists. You gotta you gotta get in there and 
you know, pick one, pick a side. If it's if it's not the NRA, pick the NSSF, pick the, you know, there's a dozen other ones that you can go. Uh, Pierce Firearms Day. Policy Coalitions, Gun yeah. Owners of America. There's all kinds of state and so local, many. you know, Georgia Carry is one here that, that does a lot on the state side, which is just as important as uh, what the federal government is doing. In fact, it's probably more important seeing as, you know, states will often have things will go a lot faster in the states typically. And that will sometimes affect your day to day more so than what the feds do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as I was uh, stating earlier, and I, you know, I apologize for the, the crappy introduction to this little uh, pre-show cursor, but uh, I'm getting ready to go out of town for a couple of weeks, and uh, I had prepared a, a blast from the past show, and that's what we're getting ready to hear right now. Uh, it's with Jesse Tischhauser and uh, Casey Griggs. This is about three years ago, I think we did this. Uh, we were doing some three-gun talk. Uh, is back when Three Gun Nation was still around, so maybe longer than than three years uh, ago. But uh, you know, Jesse Tischauer is a uh, you know a national champion, world champion in the three gun, and Casey Griggs since then has has been moving up and and doing quite well in the competition circuit. Uh, but we talk about everything. It's a really good episode. I was uh, listening to it the other day, and I thought, you know. Um, and it, I can't remember, maybe it's five years ago. I don't know. It's, it's an older one. It's like episode, uh, 128 or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about free gun nation in probably about five years. So you're probably right on that. Yeah. Um, but it's not just that. I mean, we're, we talk about all kinds of different things and, you know, Casey and Jesse get into talking about different types of firearms and mechanics and, we talk about, you know, the jack wagons back in the, the day that we had are interesting to hear and what was going on. Um, you know, we talk about Texas Hold'em and craps and the uh, braces. Um, you know, they were an issue back then, too, and the ATF was waffling uh, back when we were talking about this. Uh, but I am headed to Gunfest. I'm going to Sturgis, and uh, this is my first time going to this event. And um, I'm traveling with Caltech. Our buddies from Caltech, they've, they've got a tour bus that they've uh, commandeered, and we're going to be filming like a, they're going to document the, the trip. So Awesome. So that's why. No I, motorcycle for you? Uh, well, we can rent them when we get there. We're not, we're not okay. taking any there. Chad is very well versed in the motorcycle world, so I'm sure he can, he'll be able to, to hook us up. Um, but this is going to be um, a great event, so you guys make sure you're, Follow me on the Instagrams, the social medias. Um, back and forth, maybe I'll flip between Facebook and Instagram to do live and things like that as connectivity uh, is available. Uh, I plan on setting up the studio there. Uh, I think they're going to have space there for me to be able to do that and do some interviews with the different companies that are there, maybe some of the people. Um, but it's the 5th, 6th, and 7th is when Gunfest is. And you can go and and Google it, look it up, find it. I'll put a link in the, the show notes here too. Uh, but I'm going to be gone two couple of weeks because we're taking the tour bus. So we're driving up there and then driving back. So um, the content-wise, be looking on my social media because after this show, it'll be a while before I, I get another one. So we'll probably do that one. And then we got the AK Corner coming up for August. I've pushed the giveaway again. Because of this trip, um, 
is the main reason. Uh, participation has increased, and I'm, I'm glad to see that. And the level of competition has stepped up. The quality <sighs> of the these posts, Pierce. <laughs> yeah, we're seeing some videos. I think, right? Yeah, there's people doing video, and that's what I wanted to see. You know, I wanted to see people mm -hmm. take that extra effort to go and win this BFT. 47 AK rifle from Century Arms that we are giving away. And I'm going to push it till September. So um, I'm going to give you more time. And for those who have, have submitted entries like yourself, Pierce, and, and Aura, and, you know, everybody, if you want to submit another one, if you're like, oh, maybe mine, I didn't really go that extra mile, and maybe I should put a little extra pepper on it. Uh, you've got time. My, uh, entry sucked. I'm not saying your entries suck. <laughs> I'm just saying there's time because even from the beginning, I said you could have multiple entries, but I'm only going to take one and you need to designate the one that I take. So if you've, if you've done one in the past and you do a new one, then let me know it's a new entry and that this is the one that I need to use, you know, somewhere hashtag, this is the one you need to use or something like that. So there's no question that that's the one I need to use because the hashtag TLBFT47, as I told you, has been um, banned by Instagram. There's a couple. You can only see a couple of posts, and it's the ones that don't have, I guess, guns in them that they're allowing to be shown. Uh, so I don't, I don't get that because any, anything else gun related, you can do the hashtag and it comes up and you can see it just fine. So, um, make sure you tag me at talking lead, but I also want you to tag all of our sponsors and, you know, do the hashtags as many hashtags you want. I don't care. As long as the TLBFT 47 is in there, even though it's not working, I want that one in there. Uh, but tag at talking lead and you have to tag me. By going in and putting at talking lead in the in your comments, I don't think that that works as tagging me. You have to actually hit the tag people thing for for it to show up in my feed, so I know that it's there. Uh, because I've seen a couple um, that weren't in my feed didn't show up, but I found them some other way. So uh, if again, if I haven't reposted it on my Instagram page, then I haven't seen it, and uh, you need to either email me or DM me on the, the social meds there and let me know that you submitted something. That's another way. Just go ahead and do that. Just go ahead and email me and DM me and let me know that you submitted something too. That's just another way to ensure that um, we get you involved in this, this contest. Uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go back to the past AK Corners, the last two or three, and uh, I give you all the information that you need to know to be able to get into this contest to win a Century Arms AK-47. Uh, so there you go. That's the, the pre-show Pierce. I appreciate you taking the time to, to yeah, be thanks on for and, me. and kind of give us a, an update on this. And, uh, for our, our avid listeners, you know, Pierce was on a couple of episodes back with his dad. His dad is an author and, um, I don't have his book. I normally have it sitting here, but I just finished the yeah. second one. You got a, you oh, got good. A, you got it over there on your shelf. Yeah, I'm grabbing it. It is Stolen Angels by William J. Taylor. There it is. You got your blur screen on, so... Do I? Yeah. I don't even know how to do that, so it was <laughs> yeah. unintentional. 
Um, yeah, so that was a good interview. Go back, check that out. A great book. So make sure you go back and, and check out that book. It's about it child trafficking. Um, it's a fictional piece of work, but in his personal life, uh, you can tell that he has dealt with this and he knows a lot about it. Former Marine. They're not a former. He's a Marine. There's no such thing as a oh, former yeah. Marine, right? Well, former Marine, there's the only ex-Marine is a dead Marine. There you go. Or even then, head. even then, they're still a Marine. Right. <clears throat> they're never not a Marine. Um, so, great book. And the second one is kind of a supplement to that book, kind of a follow up. It's a shorter one. And then the third one, I haven't gotten to it. It's like San Andreas Fault. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. San Andreas Fault. San Andreas Fault. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to checking that one out. I'll probably Absolutely. maybe get some reading time in on the tour bus i don't know in between debauchery in 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 between whatever you know i don't <laughs> i don't think those guys are too scandalous from from Caltech, so i don't think i have to too much to worry about you're not going to see us in the news about anything <laughs> pierce again thank Perfect. you so much where can people uh, find you if they want to get in touch with you they have uh, questions for you real quick yeah absolutely on instagram uh pman301 is probably the easiest um pierce taylor on facebook there you go there you go. But enjoy this blast from the past. And like I said, keep an eye on the social meds because uh, we're going to be doing some lives and stuff from the road. So, uh, so Pierce, thank you again. Leadheads, thank you guys for uh, all the support. Uh, so 10 years of talking lead. And uh, just kind of celebrate that. I wanted to to bring this. I don't think it's gotten the, the attention that it needs this episode that I did with Jesse Tischhauser. Uh, in Casey Grids uh, a few years ago. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Uh, got a lot of good information. We had fun doing it. So here it is. Enjoy, Leadheads. Welcome back to Talking Lead, and I'll get the episode right this time. It's 128, and we're going to have a, another really big show for you guys. Uh, first off, I want to thank Peter Palma from last week. Uh, Peter's with uh, MS Clean, and he also does articles for Recoil Magazine. Uh, and speaking of the MS Clean kits, mine came in, and I was excited to get those, the new double Miss Clean kits. And I got the uh, red to carry my uh, medical stuff in, and I've got a black one that's got uh, all the gun cleaning, the new gun cleaning stuff that uh, that they're offering. So I haven't actually opened it up, so I'll open it up a little later in the show, and we'll talk about what all's in my Miss Clean kit. I'd like to thank, uh, again, Peter and Miss Clean, so you guys go check him out at misscleankits.com. And also check out Peter's uh, articles that he writes in Recoil Magazine. Uh, he alluded that he's got a really cool uh, Vortex 
article that he's going to be writing on one of their new products. So I'm excited to see what that's going to be. And we want to thank and welcome aboard our new official sponsor, Tactical Walls. Tim with Tactical Walls was on our show a couple episodes back. And uh, they've decided to come on board and be leadheads. So make sure you go to tacticalwalls.com. And they've got a discount code set up for you leadheads. And it's all capital letters, all one word, leadhead. And you're going to get 7% off any of your orders there at Tactical Walls. And with the holidays coming up, if you guys haven't checked out Tactical Walls, you need to go check out the concealment furniture and gadgets that they have there. Pretty cool stuff. And you've heard me talk about the, the clock. Can you guys see my clock back here I've got? you see that, Jesse? I do. Yeah. So <clears throat> they've got a bunch of neat stuff on their website, man. You could do your whole house up in that and just have about 500,000 firearms stashed everywhere. I'm telling you, man. I mean, there's there's no reason not to to have them concealed and hidden and at the ready at every corner in your house. They make that possible at Tactical Wall, so go check them out. And uh, as you know, I've been advertising on Facebook and social media who my guest is this week. It's Jesse, and I, I'm going to screw his last name up, Tishauer. Yeah, that's pretty close. Tishhauser. Tishhauser. Okay. Yes. Almost like Doogie Hauser, but it's Tishhauser. <laughs> <laughs> I got that a lot when I was in the military. Did you really? Oh, man, all the time. Oh, you're a big dude, though. I bet you whooped some people's asses over that one. I, occasionally I had to, yeah. <laughs> it, was better, it was better than some of the alternatives, so I, I didn't. Well, I didn't there too. you go. The reason I said that was one of our trivia questions, uh, back tactical walls, uh, it had to do with Doogie Hauser. <laughs> I heard that one, yes. Yeah. Welcome in to Jesse. Appreciate you joining us. And uh, we've also got, uh, you know, my, my uh, we're going to call you my co-host now. Is that what we're doing, Casey? Uh, sure, we can do that if you want. Okay. CG3G is co-hosting with us today for as long as he can until he gets called out on an emergency. So welcome in, Casey. Or don't say anything at all. Or, okay, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I don't know what you mean. Okay. I've never, know, never known you to be short on words, dude. Come on. I know. I'm sitting here listening because it was possible a uh, uh, CO poisoning is what they were talking about on the radio. So I was. Well, if you were here in, <laughs> in my house right now, you'd be experiencing CO poisoning. That's for sure. Um, yeah. It sounds like it. <laughs> What did I do this week in guns? Nordic Components sent me some goodies. I've got a new muzzle brake for my 300 Blackout, the Corvette muzzle brake. I don't have it over here. I was going to show it to you guys. I'm anxious to try that one out. Hunting season is coming up. Uh, actually, rifle season starts this weekend here in Tennessee. So yes. I'm going to be taking taking that out and hopefully get me a big old buck. I've been told that there's a 10-pointer on my property east of here, Casey. Hmm. Sounds like mm -hmm. fun. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And then they also sent the competition uh, muzzle brake. And I put that on Tia's Mickey Mouse rifle. So she has yet to take her rifle out to shoot it. So we're going to take her rifle out here soon, get some videos of her shooting her Mickey Mouse rifle. And the Nordic Components competition muzzle brake on that sucker. And he also sent us a couple of charging handles. Uh, we're going to try those out as well. One of them's got a badger latch, and then the other one's just the normal. But uh, I already switched them out in the guns, and I could just I could feel a difference. They feel just they feel sturdier. 
So yeah, so I'll be trying out those, and as we're going to find out later in the show, somebody, one of our lead heads, is going to win an MXT shotgun extension kit, and Jesse's going to be announcing the winner to that. But I've got one that I'm going to be trying out on my Remington 870, and I'm going to do a little uh, how-to install video on that once I figure out how to install it. <laughs> but uh, I don't think they're too hard to install. They're pretty straightforward, right, guys? Yeah, they are. You both have them. Yeah, yeah. Some of those 870s have some uh, dimples inside the tube, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've done one before, and I'm not sure where the cutoff is because they've made 870s for all of eternity, but yeah. you, you may have to get inside there with a Dremel or some sandpaper or something and, and knock off two nubs on each side of the tube. Okay. The shotgun I had, which was probably circa 1990, uh-huh. had, those, had those inside there. I don't know if they still do. They're probably a little more tactical now than they were back then. Okay. Good. good Other tip. than that, the Nordic side of it's pretty simple. Would I be able just to shine a light down there and see it? Yeah, they're right towards the end. You can hit it with a Dremel is what I did, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, that's easy enough to do then. Shouldn't be a problem. But if I have to do that, I'll do a little video showing showing doing all that stuff too. But uh, hope not. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I could help you put it in there too, Marty, if you want to. I've okay. dealt with them a little bit, so. Good deal. Yeah, you can help me do the video, man. You can yeah. you can guest star in the video. Well, uh, I've got another guy that wants to do a video on an Apex trigger that he just bought, also. So might want to hook you up with that too. Um, okay. What do, what do you get a trigger for? He's Smith and Wesson. Okay. And he wants me well, to I've do the, So I've got the one for my Glock. Okay. Yeah, that we need to do a video on that also. Is that an yeah. Apex trigger in the Glock? Yeah, it's their, just their standard Glock Apex trigger. The flat. I have not tried the Glock version. The M&P version is nice. Okay. Oh, I love well, we that. that red flat face board set. Oh, that's just that's money. <laughs> we installed it at the um, the Trigicon Challenge, and we got to shoot a little bit up there, and uh, it was pretty good. The ammo that I was using, I, I had some uh, reload ammo, forty ammo that I was using, and it wasn't cycling real good, so I got frustrated. And after about two magazines, I was like, "Screw it, I'll try it later." So I need to take it take it out and try it again. Very cool. So uh, another big announcement that we've got is Talking Lead is now a part of Gun District. So go to gundistrict.com and make sure you subscribe to the Talking Lead LLC page. And I don't really know what I'm doing at Gun District. As you guys are probably not surprised, I can't even work Instagram. But I'm figuring out figuring it out. But I've got two pages. I've got just a Talking Lead page. That I guess is just like my personal page. I don't know. And then I've got the Talking Lead LLC page set up. So, um, do you guys, either one of you, familiar with Gun District? I am just a little. I got on there last night trying to dabble around with it to see if I could figure it out. And it's got, I mean, it, it's got some neat features to it. There's obviously a lot of gun lovers on there. It's pro gun. Yeah. That's the great so, part. About it. So, in response so. to Peter and I's request last week for a more gun-friendly Facebook-type uh, social media. All you leadheads, and thank you for, for sending us the links to uh, and telling us about Gun District. Um, so I went ahead and signed up there. We're going to try it out. Uh, so all you leadheads, go to Gun District and uh, sign up, like our page, shoot us a message. Are we in a submarine? 
<laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm sitting here at work, and apparently someone thinks we work at seven seven o'clock at night here. Oh, is that a phone ring? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That sounded like sonar in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. From, live from my bunker. There you go. <laughs> Jesse also owns a nuclear submarine. <laughs> it's, it's the Ford. Hey, is that next? Is that next to the Ford and the Mercedes? Yeah, that's it. Okay, just checking. I just want to make sure there. He's got it docked out back. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get too far in Oklahoma in a, in a submarine. Uh, <laughs> probably not. All right, so what did you guys do this week in guns or firearms or gear? or What did you do that was just fun? Man, I've been uh, the recipient of a bunch of Class 3 stuff here. You know, you do that paperwork on all that, and then it just shows up. Yeah. And, uh, so I've got a Silencer Co. Salvo 12, a new Osprey, a couple of 22 cans. I mean, I, I, I kind of went hog wild in the last year. Did you, uh, did you set up one of those trusts? I did. Well, I didn't do it. I, I probably should have, but I've got a trust for my personal belongings, like my yeah. house and cars and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just put everything in there. And I, that may not be the way to go, but it was the easiest thing, so that's what I did. Yeah. Um, that's sure. uh, that's what everybody's I, telling me to do is, is set up a trust for your uh, class three stuff. Yeah, you and definitely you definitely want to have a trust, but I just don't know if you want to have two separate trusts. Right. Yeah, that would be an attorney question, and, and I can't help you with that. <laughs> yeah, the, the first gun I bought, I just did it. Uh, you'll go down to the sheriff's department, do your fingerprints, wait for the sheriff to sign off, and now if I uh, meet my maker. Someone's got to transfer that thing completely different than all the rest of my stuff. So, uh, yeah, or they just confiscate it. That could be as well. Yeah, you know, and that's that's BS, and that's the whole reason why people are setting up those trusts is if you do kick the bucket, then the government can't come in and just take your class three weapons. They go to whoever else is in the the trust. It stays with the trust, basically. Sure. That's why Oshlama was trying to get those outlawed. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense, but I understand. Well, it makes sense why you'd get one. It doesn't make sense why that jack wagon wants to outlaw them. Exactly. If they would just if they would just make them legal, then we wouldn't have to worry about it. You yeah. know, I've been shooting with them. I've I've had a suppressor here for a few years, and it's it's been on a rifle I didn't shoot a lot. And now that I've got a few more of them, and I've been shooting like every time I go shoot, I actually went out before the show and shot my shotgun, and I forgot to put earplugs in because I've been used to shooting with suppressors. <laughs> and that wasn't fun, obviously, once I cracked off that first round. But oh, I'll bet. <laughs> it's just so much more fun to shoot when you don't have to worry about hearing protection. You know, you're just out there plinking, having a good time. Yeah. Uh, it, it cuts down on the stress level, too. Well, my neighbors definitely appreciate it, I'm sure. Well, I mean, that's all the more reason why they should be legal. I mean, one, for your health. It it definitely helps protect your ears. So it cuts down on uh, ear damage, hearing loss for people, not only for the people shooting, but for the the nearby people, too, who don't necessarily want to hear, you know, all the loud bang, bang, bangs going off. So then it gives you the opportunity to practice more and not piss off your neighbors. I couldn't agree more. I definitely you know? need to be one because Troy Industries has them too, and uh, and and I need yeah, really, who who cares if you're out hunting with a suppressor? <clears throat> State of Tennessee is legal, you know that, right? Yep. So, 
Yeah, Oklahoma. They just passed that. I think last year you could hunt with it now. So all the all the coyote hunters, all that kind of stuff, are definitely running cans on all their 308s, 223s. Well, it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to get camoed up and you're trying to descent, and you know all that's legal, why wouldn't a suppressor be legal too? I mean, you're trying to say stay quiet and concealed. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know. Really know the history of that? Why it, why they ever became you know a because murderers and assassins use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the argument you get from these sure. these boneheads that try to defend. You know, was there ever a time and time in the world where they were prevalent? Like, I mean, everyone had one on their rifle. Was it back in the sixties? I don't. You never see any westerns with them. No, they definitely didn't have them back then. You, you don't really see any like uh, World War One or World War Two era type movies where they're using them. Uh, you see them in James Bond occasionally. Well, now, I don't know about that. World War One or World War Two. Yeah. There's very select. There is a few, but in production, but they weren't mass produced for soldiers. Well, I'm talking about seeing them in movies. Right. You know, seeing yeah. them in, in mass mass media type exposure. Yeah, you just That's you don't. That. Don't really see the history on that stuff once before, and they were being produced, but not mass produced for soldiers. Only for the specialized, right? Soldiers like secret. Not oh, so I've got a I've got a question. Um, are you guys familiar with Ares armor at all? Mm-hmm. Are I know the I know the name, but not I'm not. All right. Not so they've got this muzzle brake that's called the Breathe. And basically what it looks like is the inside baffles of a suppressor. It just doesn't have a, a can over it. And they've got all these disclaimers and you know things saying that it's not a suppressor, it's completely legal, we've done all these modifications to it so you can't you know convert it to a suppressor, blah 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 blah. I don't I don't get that. Why do they, why they have to go to all that trouble if it's not a suppressor, it's not a suppressor. You know? But I got to research in it, and it's like if it could be easily made into a suppressor, then it has to be categorized as a suppressor. Same thing with like a, you know, like those AR pistols and the Sig Brace thing that they've got going on right now. Sure. You know that that argument that they've got going on. Um, but can't you take a, uh. What are those oil things, oil cans that people, oil, oil filters? Filter? Yeah. Oil filters. Can't you convert that and put that on your gun and make it a, a suppressor? Doesn't that yeah. suppress? So should those need to be NFA'd now? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, it's the same thing like a lawnmower muffler. People were taking those at one point because there was a certain company that made one that the baffles on the inside of it yeah. were reducing the sound enough to silence it. Wow. I know. I mean, so, so what? So what? You got a quiet gun now. Big deal. You can take a twenty-two <laughs> and put a Coke bottle on the end of it with a little bit of water in it, and get yeah. like one or two silent shots. Or you could wrap a <laughs> put a shirt around, and I don't know. It's ridiculous. It really is. So but anyway, that, I ordered one of those Aries Breeze. <laughs> That thing does look like a uh, the baffle stack in a in a suppressor, though. Did you look it up? It does, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, I, I like the, I like the F and A. I like the name on the other uh, compensator they have. <laughs> I've got one of those too. Those are pretty badass too. <laughs> F and A, man. F and A. 
But read read all those uh, disclaimers they've got on the brief. Since you got it pulled up there, Jesse. Well, he's got. I'm going to pull it up now. Wow, there's a whole letter to the ATF. <laughs> I know it. Holy sh! That thing's huge. Yeah, you could put it on your ten and a half inch barrel and pin and weld it, and then it makes it a sixteen inch. Wow. Really? Okay. Well, that's news to me. No, read them out loud. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> read, read them for the for our listeners. It's got the legal definition of a silencer. Will the ATF determine this to be a silencer? So they're basically trying to cover their tracks. Like if you buy this, it's not going to be outlawed. Right. And if if they do outlaw it, they're threatening to to sue and sue the ATF and blah blah blah. Of course, anybody who's familiar with Aries Armors know that they've got a history of trouble with the ATF with their 80% lowers and uh, sure. and other things like that that in the past. And then, and they've been prevalent. They've won so far, I think. They've been proven to be justified uh, in all their sales so far. I like, part, I, I like part C. This device is intended to be aesthetically awesome. <laughs> I wonder how that thing would go go in a three gun. I think it would be a little long for the uh, the rules. Uh, yeah, probably. But I wonder if you could hide it with like a, you know, some of your local matches, and they don't really check all. Well, that if stuff. you if you did a ten and a half inch barrel and you pin yeah. welded it on it, then it would be a sixteen inch barrel. Sure. But for yeah. competition, why would you want to do that? <laughs> well, I mean, just you wouldn't. Out. You wouldn't. <laughs> Just, I, just uh, to look aesthetically awesome. Yeah, exactly. Just to be aesthetically awesome. But the whole point of it is, I think, is that if you have the the right ingenuity, you can make it a suppressor. You could just throw a tube, a piece of pipe, over the top of it, and it's a, and it's a silencer. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'll it's order gonna... one. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to. If the NFA is li- listening, uh, BTAF is listening, I am not going to have no intentions of converting it to a suppressor. <clears throat> now, could you convert it to a suppressor and apply for a tax stamp on it? Yeah, you could. You could do that. As long as you apply for the tax stamp for it. Just like uh, an AR pistol and you decide you want to put a um, butt stock on it. Same difference, Form 4 type thing. Right, you send in the forms and apply for it, but you can't use it until. Oh no, of course not. Until your crap gets up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You can't take pictures for Instagram, I think. Though. You can't. <laughs> just, just don't say you're using it. Yeah, no shots fired. It's kind of like the sig brace. Don't shoulder the sig brace. Yeah. Now, if you use, if what if what if you're wearing a puffy jacket in the wintertime? <laughs> there it is. The train's going to... Well, I posted a video. Yeah, there's the Orient Express. There it is. I believe the jack wagon train is early. How often do they run there in Oklahoma? About every 10 minutes? Oh, just when I do a podcast. <laughs> just when you do the talking lead show? Usually, yeah, when I'm on my range taking a video or something, trying to do the talking. Oh, no doubt. Never yeah. fails. But what I was what I was saying is I posted a video of me shooting. I just recently built an AR pistol with a Sig brace, and uh, I was at um, what, where were we at, Casey? The um, 
Die V888 YouTube shoot. Yeah, I rack shoot. And uh, I was shooting it there, and it looks like I've got it shouldered, but I actually just have it up to my cheek. And immediately, I mean, once I put that up, people are starting just commenting like, oh, you know, that's not legal. You're not supposed to do that. You're going to have the ATF, BTATF on you, blah, 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 blah. I was like, one, how do you even know? I mean, it's mine. It could be the registered owner could be there. It could be registered as a short-barreled rifle, you know. And, or I could have it, and I could have it registered as a short-barreled rifle. I don't, you know. It's just a pistol, an AR pistol. Uh, and then two, I mean, you can't tell how I'm shooting it. You know, it's not shouldered. But that's my whole argument with that, too, is just by somebody misusing what it was intended for doesn't change what it is. You know, it's still an AR pistol even though somebody's shouldering it or whatever they do with it. But the but the BATF is saying that that changes the category of the, the weapon, which is ludicrous. That was a real nice workaround there for quite a while. I, I've got a few of them in my safe, and they were... <laughs> well, they're still legal to own. You can use yeah. them just as long as you don't shoulder it. You can put it up to your cheek. You can you know shoot it like around your arm, wrap it around your arm. You could do old-style um, German... <laughs> You know, from the hip, <laughs> stormtrooper shooting, Star Wars stormtroopers. Uh, that was for Peter Palma, by the way. Peter hates Star Wars. <laughs> but I was getting into what you guys did with guns this week. So uh, Jesse was in his submarine. Yeah. So I, we, <laughs> I've done a bunch of uh, just me. You know, usually a normal middle middle of the season. I'm out shooting practice, and I don't really plink a lot. But like I said, I've got all these new hot fun suppressors. And I've got the Selvo 12. I got that Nordic Components uh, nine and a half inch NC 22 upper with a little uh, uh, Sparrow can on the end of it. And it's just nice. so much fun. Is, so is that? I mean, is that thing pretty awesome to shoot? I mean, I, I was just wondering myself. Yeah, I actually had one of the. One. I actually had one of the original ones back in like 2011, and we used to have rifle matches here in Oklahoma City area. So we would shoot 22, and then I would shoot 223. You could do both. Um, and it was so much fun. You know, I, I've actually got like uh, six or seven drum mag, 50-round drum mags. So I'd load all those up the night before because they take forever to load. Go to the match and just shoot nonstop. But uh, adding that can to that 9.5-inch gun, oh, my gosh, it is by far the most fun firearm that I have right now just because it's so quiet. And uh, just it's light, short, cool. And you can pop that on any of your, your lowers, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, I've got an SBR lower because it's only 9.5 inches. So mm -hmm. that's what it sits on. But yeah, I mean, uh, the as far as compatibility goes, it's just you, it's just like any other upper AR upper. You just pop the pins, you put it on. Is there any other kind of conversions you need for that? Or is no, everything not at all. Just built into it. It's it's just a blowback design, so all the spring and everything is inside the receiver. I've yeah. actually I bought one of those Uber Cool uh, Law Tactical folding stock adapters. Sweet. Which, which for the two two three or you know three hundred blackout, they come with this little extension to get past all the extra length in the in the buffer tube to make it everything work. But with that 22, you don't have to have a buffer. So you can actually shoot it with the stock fold, you know, just like uh, you were saying German style from the head. <laughs> yeah. And there's no, you know, no negative, uh, negative feedback from not having the buffer in there. So it, it's perfect for that setup. Very cool. Yeah, the video that you did um, with the Nordic shooting in the pond there, mm -hmm. the, was that a 50-round drum you had on there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you just tore through that, man, and it was quiet. It's it extremely quiet. With, with subsonic ammo, it's ridiculous. It's so much fun. Thought maybe you might be shooting uh, uh, your submarine guys down there. <laughs> that's, where you, that's where you keep your submarine back there in that pond, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Casey, what did you do this week? Uh, basically, I just took, went out and shot. I tried out some more of the ammo from my sponsor, Detroit Ammunition Company. Yeah. Went out and shot some more of it and tried to do some grouping and see how it was holding up. And their ammo actually does really good. And speaking of which, Jesse, they actually do uh, subsonic ammunition. That's one of their specialties. Nice. Uh, a lot of guys seem to like that ammo. And uh, I mean, it's it's solid. I was actually pretty shocked. It actually runs really well through my Smith & Wesson. Um, it's yeah. about, I don't forget how many, it's 940 feet per second. Gives me enough power factor for steel. And it cycles really well through the uh, through the nine mil, so I mean it's it's solid. I like it. And the two two three holds pretty good. It's full metal jacket. Uh, I mean it's not match ammunition. You know when we go out stretch out any further than three hundred yards, you probably want something like a ballistic tip or something else. But um, you know it holds well for standard fifty five grain full metal jacket ammo. Cool. Did you go nice. out with Al and shoot some of that? Yeah, I actually went down to Al's place and shot some of that stuff. We pulled out some more steel and done a little practice on some. Uh, plate racks and all that stuff, so it was uh, it actually holds very well. Cool. Nice. So you're using the uh, the nine millimeter subsonics for your gamer loads for three gun, huh? Yeah, I mean it really <laughs> nine hundred nine hundred and forty feet per second, it does just fine. Yeah. So are you one of these guys that like will stack their magazine like you got the gamer loads for the paper and then you know you got some steel coming up, so you're like, okay, I better put some one fifteens in here that are a little hotter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do any of that stuff. I just have to run with it all. Because most of the places that I've shot so far has been just, you know, basic, uh, I don't know, 50 by 40 bays, you know, just basic areas. So if I'm going to go out further, I'm probably going to use some hollow points or something like that to get out a little further, some better ammo with a little bit more sure. speed. <laughs> so probably going to need that. <laughs> yeah, you just got to watch out for those, those heavy poppers. You run up against that, and there you are, double tapping, triple tapping, trying to rock, right. rock it backwards like, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. Those LaRues or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same same concept. <laughs> but uh, so far, it's holding up really well just for the small plate racks and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not really doing too bad. Now, I do have some hotter loads um, that are pushing some pretty good is power. Is all they make is sub, subsonic, or do they make supersonic, too? No, the 223 is supersonic. They do, super, but they do do subsonic. I was talking about the 9. The 9, as of right now, all they do is a subsonic. Okay. Uh, but they... Probably will do some special loads. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for Ezio, so I don't know exactly what he will do. Yeah. All right, so what do you guys know about ankle holsters? I know Not very, much? very little. Very yeah. little? Well, I've had one now for, I think it was a it was a Blackhawk. I think I had a Blackhawk ankle holster for the past almost four years, and it just broke the other day. And it was the little... Uh, the little piece that has the plastic that when you go around your ankle, you loop it back around and then pull it tight. That little part came unstitched, I guess, from the main part of it. So I'm in the market for a new ankle holster. So if you guys have any suggestions, but it doesn't sound like you know much about them. So Leadheads, I'm turning to you. I need some suggestions on my next ankle holster for the Glock 27. So send me your suggestions via Facebook. Go to Facebook. Or Gmail if you're not on Facebook, because some of our listeners aren't on well, Facebook. Jesse, are you sponsored by any like holster companies or anything like that? I can't uh, I run Blade Tech Gear. Okay, well, I do too. And I'm trying to remember if Blade Tech has ankle holsters. I was just trying to Google that same thing. That's what I'm sitting here well, doing. They're definitely not. Well, they're definitely, wait a minute. They're definitely not popular in three gun. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> they should be though. They should have a stage where you have to break out your ankle holster. Carry. Well, I think IDPA has done some stuff like that at their little bug gun nationals. 
I know I've seen yeah. something similar. It may not actually, have been actually draw from an ankle holster, but it simulates stuff like that, real life yeah. scenario sort of thing. That would be cool. That would definitely be cool. I'm looking at their lists right now, and I don't see. Not seeing any ankles. I see outside the waistband, inside the waistband, and duty duty holsters. So I don't. Duty. He said duty. duty. Yeah, duty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. Now that's not to say that they don't make them, because I don't know, because I don't know. If, um, Sergeant Major Lamb from. Viking are they Academy. are they all kind of a Kydex Blade Tech? Are they all the hard plastic kind of stuff? Yeah, they've got some leather back stuff, kind of like a crossbreed, but I think it's uh, I think the leather, I think the out, leather's outsourced. Okay, because the ankle holster's got to be soft material. You can't have that hard kydex down on your ankle. Yeah, kydex is definitely their specialty. Yeah, but I guess you could have maybe a leather backed kydex because it'd be up, that'd be against your flesh. It could be soft that way. I don't know. Any where, suggestions you let heads have? Send it to me. Where do you run an ankle holster? All the way down at your actual ankle, or do you run it up? By your calf, or how? Do, what keeps it up? Just depends. Tension, uh, uh, yeah, just the just the tension, and then the shoe itself. So it depends on whether I'm wearing a boot or if I'm wearing a shoe, to where where it actually goes. But yeah, either either the shoe or the boot will. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that jack wagon train is raring to go this week. We must have a full load. Come on, ride the train. <laughs> you sure you're not in Colorado? That's the Coors Light truck or Coors Light train. <laughs> I wish. You'd have a constant supply. Yeah, probably. It, it, the train often stops here or slows down. I probably could get on there and get a few cases off if that was the case. That would be awesome. That's that's uh, that's Jesse's uh, beer supply for the week backing up. He's like, <laughs> Coors, Coors Light train backing up to his. It's cooler. (laughs) Party at Jesse's. But the ankle holster, it has the tension, the wrap that you wrap around, and usually it's like a Velcro that will secure it after you've wrapped it. Just, I guess, the the gravity of, you know, how your ankle will spread out and be a little bit wider down the lower part of your foot, right right above the ankle. So that, I guess, kind of keeps it in place, too. But I've never had any problem with it sliding up or down. If you'll watch Viking Tactics, I don't know if it was Viking Tactics or if it was 511, Sergeant Major Lamb just done a video on concealability and places that you can do that. And I don't know if he mentions the name of the ankle holster that he had in the video or not. Hey, Leadheads, White Settle with Seal One. Just here to talk to you and tell you a little bit about our product. Seal One CLP Plus is a bio-based, non-toxic product. It comes in a paste, liquid, aerosol, and pre-saturated bore-specific patches called Seal Skins. They all do the same thing, just different methods of application. The best way to use our product is to start with a clean firearm. There's two reasons why I say that. First, you start with the Seal 1 CLP Plus by field stripping your firearm and covering the entire firearm inside and out, bore, barrel, everything with the Seal 1 CLP Plus. You'll see how easy it spreads around. You'll want to wait about 15 to 20 minutes. Then you come back and you want to wipe it all off. So you see how easy it is to put on and remove. And the second reason we say to use a clean firearm is you'll find that it's not clean. We're going to pull out more carbon that's been left behind with whatever product you've been using before. Okay, it takes about three cleanings. So I like to say a clean shoot, clean shoot, clean shoot, just normal usage before the Seal One CLP Plus has removed whatever product that you were using before and has seasoned the firearm. 
It's kind of like breaking in a cast iron skillet. And after that first cleaning, you will notice a difference. And with each successive cleaning, you will find that it gets easier and easier to clean. Seal One CLP Plus is a dry lubricant and is designed to work as such. You will find that malfunctions are virtually eliminated when used properly because the majority of all malfunctions are caused to carbon buildup. And with the Seal One CLP Plus, the carbon does not build up. Seal One CLP Plus is safe on all metals, plastics, composites, polymers, rubber, wood, and leather. Seal One CLP Plus is a one and done formulation. No other products are required or needed to clean and lubricate and protect your firearm. That's why we say Seal One and Done. Seal One is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Use the code LEADHEAD for a 25% off discount. All right, guys. Uh, Casey had to unexpectedly uh, take an emergency call, so he may or may not be back to join us. But uh, this would be a good segue to get to our Jack Wagon of the Week. Hey, Ralph, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. Jesse, who is your Jack Wagon this week? My Jack Wagon of the Week is the L.A. Police Department. I don't know if you saw the story. Uh, it actually happened a little while, a few weeks back, where uh, Dan Bilzerian, the... the uh, yeah, actor slash Instagram playboy. Uh huh. He was out of town, and someone broke into his. I guess he lives in Hollywood or somewhere over there. Broke into his yeah. house, tried to steal all those guns he shows off on Instagram all the time. Right. And somebody he was, actually tried to jack him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he shows pictures of that of that room oh he's gosh. got there, and it's it's obviously a safe room full of guns. You're probably not going to get in there without a tank. Right. And so someone broke in. They didn't. They didn't. I don't know that they got anything, but uh, the police show up. And the story says that uh, they confiscated nine of his firearms after the burglary. The burglary was in September. And the reason they did so was to make sure that no one could come back and get those. So he must have had these, like, in a closet or in his nightstand or something. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. They confiscated them so nobody else could come get them. I'll, I'll read it verbatim. The officers told my assistant that they took the handguns because they didn't want the suspects to come back and get them on a second break-in, even though they were unsuccessful at opening the steel-reinforced doors the first time. <laughs> okay. Essentially, they were trying to protect my property and people's safety. <laughs> he said, this is hard to hard to grasp when they left my $21,000 FN SCAR-17 with thermal optic and shotgun unsecured in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The, the real did he kick- get them back? I'm, I'm assuming he did. Yeah, that's the kicker. He got the firearms back, but uh, he claims that there was ammunition along with them that he has yet to see. Okay. So, so he didn't get the, the ammunition back with the guns. Like he's not going to be able to go buy more ammunition. Yeah, true, true. But it's the it's the principle of it. So they probably took the ammo out and just disposed of it for safety. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Oh my gosh! So did he like did he sue them or anything? I have not seen anything like that. I would sure I would assume I've not heard that story. That's a good story. It's probably not in his best interest to sue the the police out there. No, but you know they. They had his best interest at heart. It's like, you know what? Dude's probably out of town for a month or two months or something. He's traveling. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like, you know, you know what? These guys may come back. They may find these. Apparently, they were just out somewhere, not in his safe, outside of the safe. 
Well, if you follow his Instagram, he's got a scar seventeen or scar sixteen, one whatever it is, sitting like it hangs above his bed, and there's yeah. pictures of like scantily clad women laying in the bed and, and the, the firearm right above it. So it may be that one that they didn't take, and it's just it sounds kind of bizarre. Okay, but did the guys, did the thieves get anything? It does not say that they did. I don't remember the original story, but I don't think they were successful in getting into the safe. Okay, but the police were successful in taking his. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. In stealing his fire. I wonder if they actually, uh, well, the reason there was no ammo in him is they shot him. <laughs> That's what I would have done. I'm not going to lie. They're like, these are cool-ass guns. Let's go to the range and shoot them. Yeah, he's got a ton of full-auto stuff. I mean, I'm sure you've seen his videos of him shooting his I really and, haven't. Oh, man. Huh? He, he's one of the most entertaining guys on Instagram, especially if you're into to gambling, guns, and women. Gambling, guns, and women. My kind of guy. Yeah. And his name is Dan Brazilian? Bill Zerian, B-I-L-Z-E-R-I-A-N. Bill, is that a real last name or is that a made-up last name? That I don't know. I know he's uh, he's been in some movies as a you know an extra or a, a, a kind of the off off key bad guy. Yeah. He'll usually get whacked oh. pretty pretty early in some of the movies I've seen him in. But he's a big right. guy, big poker guy. The, the rumor is is that he his dad left him a bunch of money, so he's that's he, right. Yeah, and he's just a playboy and gets to do all the stuff that most single men would die to do. Right. That's where I've heard his name is through the World Series of Poker, I think. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's big. He'll always have Instagram pictures in Vegas with just stacks of $10,000 chips, $100,000 chips. Yeah, because that's my, that's my dream. Like if I like ever win the lottery and get millions and millions of dollars, is I'm just going gonna, gonna to play Texas Hold'em. That would definitely be a good way to get rid of it. <laughs> or, 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 or double it. Yeah, but the way I play poker uh, – I have I would have to be a multimillionaire because I would be losing all the time. So that's the only way I'd be able to go and play Texas Hold'em. <laughs> it's just like anything; it takes practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been playing for 18 years now, and I still suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, man's got to know his limitations. I think I, I know mine. Do you, you guys have a lot of casinos up there in in uh, your neck of the woods. No, man, Tennessee, we don't have any casinos here. Um, um, now, just up the road a little bit in Indiana, there's casinos. That's about a four-hour trip, I think. Oh, wow. And then we could head on down to New Orleans and do a little gambling down there, or we just jump, jump on a jet plane and hit Vegas and be in Vegas in, you know, three, four hours. Here Southwest Airlines, baby. Shot show, shot show. <laughs> yes, sir. I love the crap stables. Mm, that gets ugly. It does, but it's fun. That's that's actually one gambling game that I'm good at. I am good at craps. That is tough. I actually read a book to try to learn how to play it. We went on a trip to Vegas one time, and that was the goal. Goal was to play craps the whole time. And man, you've got to you've got to be willing to go deep into the into the wallet, and you've really got to you, know what to bet on. You've got well, you've got to start off playing like a novice when you first start off. You just bet the line. Don't do all those extra field bets and all that crap because that's where they take your money. True. The odds are the odds are playing the line. If you play the line, build your stack up, and then once you get up, then sparingly pet play out in the field a little bit. Then that's how you do it. What I always do is I just play dumb when I'm there. And the freaking uh, I don't know if they're called the dice people. They're not dealers. I don't know what they call them, but they'll tell you what you need to do. Sure. And, and it's like if you're doing something that's stupid, they're like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. Just act like you don't know what the fuck you're doing, and they'll take care of you. Gotcha. <laughs> there, there's a lot to bet on it's 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 a game that's for sure it is it is i mean there's a blue bazillion ways for you to throw your money away on craps but 
It's one of the it, next to blackjack. It's the I think you get the second best odds in the house. Yes, that's true. It's definitely fun, man. It gets exciting when people are winning. It's a party. Oh, no doubt. I love it. So you're going to SHOT Show? I am. Yeah, I've been going for, what, probably three years now, kind of since I turned into a pro. Yeah. Doing the- so let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about uh, Jesse Tischhauser's <laughs> <laughs> journey into the competition shooting world. So how did you get involved with all this? Well, I started shooting uh, competitively in 2009. I actually used to work in the oil field here in Oklahoma, and I shot a little, uh, I guess, a knockoff IDPA match. And it's the first time I ever did any action-type shooting where you'd shoot, you run around, and you shoot some more. And I was I was ecstatic. It was the most fun I'd ever had shooting. So I started talking to some guys at work about what we were doing at this, this uh, indoor IDPA match, and they said, oh, that sounds like USPSA or IPSC. I was like, well, what the hell is that? So I jumped on the computer, started Googling, and, Lo and behold, we've got a, a gun range here in Oklahoma called Oklahoma City Gun Club, and it's one of the, you know, we've probably got 2,000 members there. It's ginormous. We take up a whole section of land. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. So they've got a match every month, and I, I went out there, you know, like the next weekend, shot the match, and that was kind of the end of it. You know, six months later, I found three gun and started shooting that. And I it sucked. was all over from there. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, I sucked terribly, and I love shooting, and I didn't want to continue sucking, so I practiced and learned more and watched YouTube videos and Basically, just you know, kept trying to get better and better and better through shooting. So yeah, uh, it's like you said, that's really the only way to get better at something is is to keep practicing, keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a gun guy. My dad was uh, he was a Vietnam vet. He always had firearms. He had an FFL. He collected guns. I mean, I second I could pull the trigger, I was pulling the trigger. I went off to college, lived in the city, and never really shot for about ten years. You know, had a couple firearms, but probably didn't even have ammo for half of them. And <laughs> Did some sporting clays type stuff because the oil field down here is big on sporting clays. It's like golf for, uh, for, uh, th- those guys a lot of times. And mm-hmm. that was, that was fun. But I mean, you, you know, you shoot a few rounds of sporting clays and it gets a little monotonous. Same old, same old. And the action shooting stuff, that's one of the most exciting things of it. It's always different. You're never shooting the same thing over and over again, like you would with bullseye or trap or skeet. So, uh, man, I've been hooked. I, I guess I finally got to the point this year where I'm almost sick of trying to get better. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's called complacency, man. You don't want to get complacent. Yeah. So how long have you been doing it now? Four years? Well, yeah, I, I guess I would say I turned pro in probably about 2012, 2011. That's when okay. I, I started traveling the country, started seeking sponsors, trying to get paid to do it. And I shouldn't say get paid. I should say start trying to stop losing money doing it. There you go. Spend somebody else's money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So we, we had this discussion a, sh- a few shows back. I can't remember who was on with me, but... We were trying to determine at what point um, determines that you're a professional. Uh, like in other sports, there's a clear defined, you know, you're either an amateur or you're a professional. How is it in in the shooting world, three-gun competition? What determines that? Well, it's always kind of a, a topic of discussion. I mean, obviously, you got guys like Jerry Mikulik, uh Rob Latham. Those guys are professional shooters. They may represent a company and do some sales work or shot show appearances, that sort of thing. But their primary goal is to win matches and get paid doing so. Yeah. Um, in three gun, there's a, a company or organization called three gun nation. They've, mm-hmm. been, they've been around since about 2010, 2011, three years ago, they created uh, a TV show. Well, they've had the TV show the whole time, but they created the three gun nation pro series where you had to qualify. And then the show was based solely around these top 50 guys and top, I think it's 10 women that qualified to be on the TV show. And so that in three gun, there's actually a distinct line. If you want to be a, you know, a qualified pro, you've got to qualify for that TV show and shoot on that series. 
do they only allow so many or how, how does that work? Yeah, the first year I think it was like 32 and now they bumped it up to it's like 56 or something to that effect. And that this is all through the three gun nation. So they kind of took it upon themselves to set the standard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, it's changed every year because they're growing. They're, they're basically like IPSC was or IDPA was 20 years ago. You know, they just started, uh, they have club series matches like, your local club there in Tennessee, there's probably one or two of them that are members of the Three Gun Nation Club Series. So you can go out and shoot Three Gun Nation match every month. And then they've got a regional series, which is uh, six bigger matches, kind of like what you went to to the Brownells Pro-Am, something similar to that, where guys will, guys will travel from all over the country to shoot them. You can earn your way to the Nationals at the end of the season, which is also the qualifier for the next season's Pro Series. And you can do that through the Club Series or the Regional Series. So you is it all based on points or what is it? How do they base it? Uh, the club series, you basically you win like your club, and then you get an invitation to the nationals. If you shoot the regional series and you finish in the top X percentile, you get an invitation. So this year there was probably uh, 100 invitations sent out, and they took mm-hmm. 16 of those 100 uh, to the pro series. So the bottom 16 pro men lose their pro card, and then the top guys at the nationals get, get their card back or earn their card for the first time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It kind of, kind of, you know, like you said, we're always, you know, there's a bunch of guys with logos and jerseys and all that stuff. And, and what really makes you a pro? I don't make my living shooting, but you know, I get paid to shoot. And but having the having the pro series, you've actually got something to say. Okay, I'm here, and this guy is, and I'm not here, and and this guy is, and that's where I want to get to. Now, do they have a ranking system? Like, you know, this guy's number one, this guy's number two, this is number three, or is it just the top fifty or whatever? I mean, we've got fifty people and. They're professionals. The la- the first two years of the pro series, they did have a ranking system because what, what they would do is we'd all show up and it was actually shot here in Tulsa, which was great for me because I could just drive up the highway an hour. But, uh, okay. yeah. So, uh, okay. we, we all 50 would get together at the same match and we'd shoot this made for TV type match. And then at the end of the year, those, we shot, I think four matches. They would have a ranking based on your times and placements at all those matches. This year, they kind of changed things up. They changed the format completely, trying to make it a little more TV friendly. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they kind of copied the format of American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not yeah. familiar with that either. <laughs> well, if you, you've never seen American Ninja Warrior on, I think it's on like I NBC have, or something. It's mainstream. I don't, I don't have like regular cable. Gotcha. Well, it's basically uh, the, 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 what they do is unimportant, but, uh, the scenario is, is they set up these courses of fire or they're, you know, they're like, uh, gymnasts almost athletic okay. dudes. They take these little courses and they run through them and the fastest guy wins. What these, what like through, obstacle course kind of yeah, things? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You climb ropes, you jump off stuff, you flip. I mean, it's all, it's, it's pretty neat. They're, they're pretty talented guys. But, you gotta uh, watch it. It's called yeah, American, American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. I was actually DVR it for a while there. But so they copied that format where they took the 50 guys and broke us up into, actually it was like 48 guys, I think eight groups of six or six groups of eight. And we, those six guys just showed up at one match. Uh, they do two per weekend. And so they had like, I don't know, what is it? Four dates. A group of six guys would show up and they filmed it all at night under the lights, all this cool stuff. And all of us shot the same exact scenario and it was elimination based. So you shot the first stage and two guys that were the fastest guys, they moved on to the next stage. Okay. The bottom four guys or three guys had to go to the eliminator, which was a small portion of that stage we just shot, which is usually the, the most difficult part or the, the most entertaining for TV as well. And then right. We'd shoot that, and then the best guy out of those two or three would move on. And then you go do the next stage. Same thing happened. The top two guys would roll on. The bottom guys would go the eliminator. So there was always consequences. Every stage was, you know, the, the, the stages were a little more simple 
so you could see steel falling. If you've ever watched shooting on Shooting USA or some of the shooting shows, it's not always the easiest to see what we're shooting at or how we're running around through these mazes because you you know right. if you've, especially if you've never done it, you have no clue. Now what, the show I'm familiar with is Top Shot. Yeah. It's it's set up on the same premise where there's consequences every week. You know, someone's going home, these guys move on, and basically at the end of the season, the top uh, eight guys got to go shoot for fifty thousand dollars. Sweet. Yeah. So now is that show still on? Three Gun Nation. Yeah. It actually the the yeah. season finale, the fifty thousand dollars show, just aired uh, Monday, Monday night. So it'll probably air again this week sometime in okay. the middle of the night or something like that. I'll take it. You've been on the show. Yeah, I've been on the You're show. Have to forgive my my ignorance. I'm just yeah. getting into Three Gun. Yeah. No, tell me about it. So you, yeah, you're I, I was on the show this year, and I got knocked out in like the second round of my episode, so I didn't get to go to the fifty thousand dollars shootout this year. But uh, in years past, I've been in it. Uh, haven't won the fifty grand, but uh, last so you get an opportunity to go back and try it each year. Yeah, yeah. Qualifying. <clears throat> Basically, what happened was the guys that got knocked out in the first round, the two guys that got knocked out in each first round, there was eight of them, eight, eight rounds, two guys, so sixteen people lost their pro card that night, and those guys had. Uh, to they had to requalify. So I made it to the second round, so I kept my pro card, so I just get to show up again next year and shoot. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's pretty, it's so, pretty fun. So how, so 2010, you said, is when they started that? I think so, yeah. Okay, so they're going in like their sixth year. Yeah, back then they, what, what they would do is they would just come to big matches like the Pro-Am, and they'd film guys. They'd just film shooters. They'd show the match. Yeah. And uh, they just, they've been evolving every year. It's changed every year. Now is this this isn't set up? Is it set up reality style TV, or is it set up more like you remember the old Wild World of Sports kind of thing? No, it's definitely not reality based. I mean, but Good. They, they, <laughs> yeah. it's not like Top Shot where they stick you in a house and they hope. Yeah, that, and you're sitting there talking about each other and you know, yeah, yeah. I tried out. I tried out for Top Shot. And I didn't make it because I wasn't a big enough asshole. I think <laughs> you weren't dubious <laughs> enough, right? Exactly. <laughs> You weren't conniving, but but they've <laughs> but they've kind of gone that route. You know, they they have us all mic'd up for the match, and they set us all in one area, and they they uh, instantly catch your reaction, everything that happens, and trying to make it more. I mean, because obviously reality TV is very popular right now, and they want to have oh, things yeah. happen instantly. So yeah. it had some of that feel, but it definitely was all. I mean, it was us shooting. Now, do they ever do they ever coach you and say, "All right, Jesse, on this stage, you know, when you get done, we want you to do this." No, I pretty much, I pretty much knew what they wanted to see. <laughs> okay. okay. So you don't need coaching. You're a natural. Yeah. Well, you, you do it long enough. And I mean, obviously excitement sells. So whether if you just, you know, you shoot your stage, you do good or bad, you turn around and say, well, I'm just here for the fun of it. You know, no one's going to want to watch that on TV. You've got to have some, <laughs> you have some personality and, and some, you got to have some pizzazz. Yeah, exactly. So when, I actually, in, in my scenario, I, I shot like an asshole that whole match. <laughs> uh, I did really well, but I kept getting penalties. And, and one of them was kind of a, a, it wasn't a kind of a, it was a very controversial call. Like I just stepped over a fault line and had a penalty and it, it cost me from winning the stage to go into the uh, eliminator. Yeah. And I, I proceeded to uh, let out a, a slew of four letter words. And man, that was TV time for sure right there. <laughs> so so this isn't live that they're doing it. It's actually recorded and they can do yeah. all the bleeping and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. They started filming last year, like in uh, March, and then the episode started airing in June. And then towards the season, as, it, as the season progresses, they kind of catch up. So then they were like a month lag time between filming and airing. That's cool. Now, do you guys get paid to do that? We do not get paid to do that. You, you, you can win, obviously, and win money, but uh, sure. there's, no, there's no payment to just show up. Now, is it winner takes all, or do they do they have uh, money for first, second, third, that kind of thing? 
well, this year, if you won your group, you, you won an Armalite rifle. And in years past, you would win like $5,000. But uh, as you well know, the industry is kind of in a downturn this year. So there were less yeah. sponsors this year than last. So this year, there was no cash. Armalite kind of came through and were the, was the primary sponsor of the show. And they put up rifles. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the freaking industry should be booming. Now, maybe the AR industry's down a little bit. I can understand that. But there's so many people out there that own rifles and handguns now. The accessory business should be going through the freaking roof. Yeah, you'd think that in ammunition. I mean, everybody yeah. and, everybody and their brother owns an AR-15 and a pistol. and right. anything, anything else they were scared they were not going to be able to buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything else Obama threatened to take away. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I helped people buy guns nonstop because they couldn't find an AR-15 when they wanted to get one, and they decided that, they needed That to jack wagon has been the best thing to happen to the gun industry in decades. Yeah, it's crazy. Heck, that's that's the first AR-15 I bought was when he got elected. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, back in like 2008. It was a uh, the only thing I could find was a Smith and Wesson M&P 15R, which was the uh, five point was it four five by thirty nine five point. Oh yeah, yeah. you're like, hey, what what the heck? <laughs> yeah, ammo was cheap. Yeah. So let me just kind of integrate our our questions in um, our first time guest questions. I don't know if you've listened to any of the shows where we've done it, but uh, you've kind of answered the first one uh, is your father was military, former military, and he had a lot of firearms. What's your earliest recollection of shooting a firearm? I would go to work with my dad. He worked at a feed mill, and they would have uh, mice and rats and stuff running around there. And he had, I forget the brand of this air rifle, but it was like 22 long rifle lethal. I mean, you'd pump that thing up nine times, and I couldn't do it. I'd have to have him pump it. It was so hard. Yeah. Forget the name of that thing, but I would shoot rats all day long at work with him. <laughs> so you're their exterminator, huh? Yeah, that's probably the earliest recollection. And then, you know, after that, I would hunt. Man, I would I would sneak whatever firearm I could get out of the safe or the closet, and I would just walk around for hours in the woods and just destroy anything that moved. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. What was the what's the first firearm that you could call your own that you owned? That I purchased the first gun that I actually purchased. Well, or maybe somebody gave you a gift, but it was your gun. You could say, this one's mine. Uh, well, it was my uh, slug gun for hunting deer. It was a 12-gauge Ithaca Model 37 with a deer slayer barrel on it, and I still have that one. Do you, do, you, do you still use it? Do you go hunt with it? I have not hunted with it. Now you can actually hunt with rifles back where I grew up, so I, I, I haven't hunted deer for a long time since I moved out of Wisconsin, but... I've taken now, it out and shot it a few times here and there. Do you have children? I do not. Okay. I was going to say it would be an heirloom. It could be an heirloom to pass down. It'll probably end up with one of my nephews someday. They both are. I've got two nephews back in Wisconsin that like to hunt. Actually, last last year I went up and hunted with a niece and a nephew. That was so much fun. Yeah, this year I'm like, hey, man, let's get us a good deer lease this year. I'll, I'll, I'll help with the money, blah, blah, blah. And then the kids are right at the age now where they're like, well, maybe I want to play basketball or wrestling. or so. <laughs> <laughs> They've got other interests now. Yeah. yeah, now that I wanted to go hunting, they're kind of like, yeah, we're not going to do it this year. Yeah, screw you, Uncle Jesse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. Do you have any uh, law enforcement or military background? I was in the uh, Army National Guard for nine years. Okay. Uh, what During what time frame? Were you, did you see any active duty? Uh, the only active duty I saw was state active duty. We were I was an 88 Mike truck driver. So there was two summers where we got called up for uh, tornado assistance. And then this is the, the, the craziest how lame the National Guard was back then. But uh, we got activated for about three weeks to haul hay for the drought-stricken farmers of Oklahoma. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> and, and state active duty. haul hay. Yeah. It was terrible because, you know, our, our trucks hadn't been, like, heavily driven for years. and years. They probably never had been. 
And yeah. we would we would lose two trucks a day. I mean, it was nonstop. The, the mechan- mechanics were just pulling their hair out because we it was just a truck on the highway between here and I think we were going up somewhere in Kansas and picking up hay up there and driving it down to southern Oklahoma. But there was just oh, scattered goodness. scattered five ton tractor trailers all along the highway between here and there. Did you did you ever go overseas for anything? I did not. I was I was in between what was it nineteen. I joined when I was seventeen in high school. And I got out in 2000 or 2001, so it was like 92 to 92 to 2001, I think it was. Yeah, right in between all the stuff that all, all the good stuff that was happening. So, what kind of trucks did you drive? Uh, the five ton. I forget the nomenclature on already, but it was the five ton, the, the six wheel drive. Yeah, uh, light medium duty trucks. I think they call them. I don't think they're. Did you, have, did you have to work on them? I did not, thankfully. Uh, no doubt, man. It's bad enough to have to do PMCS stuff. <laughs> What uh, what kind of firearms um, exposure did you get while you're in the guard? Any? Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, we had 50 cal M2s on top of our our lead truck and our rear trucks. We had those. We had uh, 60s, and then probably a few years before I got out, we actually started getting the saws. Uh, oh, sweet. Yeah, we, I didn't get to shoot those very much. And then we also had the basically the M2 version of the grenade launcher. So we had the semi-auto grenade launcher on one of the trucks. Got to shoot that once or twice. Mostly with just smoke grenades. Actually, only with just smoke grenades. But only smoke grenades. Yeah. yeah, still cool. Still cool enough. The, the M2 is by far the coolest firearm that I've ever shot. You know, even if you're just shooting blanks, practicing nets or whatever the heck that was. But yeah, so much fun to just fill that cab full of freaking fifty brass, shovel it out, <laughs> shovel it out at the end of the day when no one's shooting back. That's fun. So when it comes to pop culture, what is your go-to book, magazine, movie, song, video game? You know, whatever it may be. And pop culture, probably uh, Facebook, you know. I mean, I, I subscribe to a few magazines still, gun magazines, but that's about it on the on the magazine side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your favorite magazine? Three Gun Nation magazine, of course. Three Gun, they have a magazine, okay. They do, yeah. If you sign up for, uh, I think it's 40 or 45, oh, yeah. $45 a year, you get a membership number and a bi-monthly subscription to their magazine. Which, Man, I'm learning all kinds of good stuff from you today, so I'm which, writing that down too. I actually do some uh, writing for those guys occasionally here and there if it's if they need like ten words or less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, as far as that, I mean, TV shows. I, I watch nothing really pop culture wise. You know, HBO and some of those those high speed drama uh, uh, series that they have out now. But uh, I'm trying to think on HBO if they've got any. They had one a while back. Um, it was Generation Kill. Did you ever watch that? I did not. That was a pretty good uh, HBO original series that they had out. The the big series I just finished was uh, Justified off of, I guess it was on FX. Uh, the Raylan Givens dude? Yeah, man, that was great. Heck, that was up kind, of, kind of your neck of the woods. That's hilarious because uh, the guy that I went bounty hunting with today just got him a new hat. And yeah. It's like Raylan Givens hat. <laughs> so I was calling him Raylan the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. I mean, other than the, the terrible form they had with the gunplay, but... I mean, it was good. Yeah. Lots of lots of shootouts, and so is it actually over now? Yeah, this year was the final season. The final season, okay. Because so, I watched like the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, I watch it through the internet, and the site that I was watching it on got busted, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't watch it anymore. I got so far behind. I need to get caught up on it. Though. Sure, that's what I did. I downloaded them on my iPad, and when I traveled the matches, I'd watch two, three, four episodes as flying here and flying back. That's awesome. Is there or has there ever been a firearm that you've owned that you might be a little ashamed to admit to owning? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm ashamed, but, yeah, I probably 
when I first got my concealed carry license, and it's funny because the, you know, the competitive shooting just really sparked my re- rejuvenated my interest in firearms. So I got my concealed carry. I mean, I, I turned into a full fledged gun nut, you know, and, uh, I purchased like four or five, like Rossi 357 38 special revolvers. And I had them like in my car, <laughs> in my desk, all over. And, you know, hindsight's 2020, but man, those were just not placed everywhere. Yeah. I had, I had one everywhere I could think of. Needed some of those, uh, tactical walls, you know. There you go. Heck yeah. yeah. But uh, that was a pretty lackluster pistol. I mean, they work, but uh, that's probably the most embarrassing gun that I had plenty of. Okay. Do you still own those? I do not. I, I upgraded. I actually, I, I went with the revolvers because my wife told me she liked shooting those because she could see how they would work and rotate, how to load them. And it just made sense to her. And I'm like, all right, I'd much rather have an M&P or a Glock, but whatever. And then as right. she shot, finally she shot some more and she's like, actually, I don't like shooting these. They're really hard to hold and you can't load them. And you know, all the, all the reasons that some automatic pistols have taken over the long ass trigger pulls and that, that, that. Exactly. So then I sold all those and upgraded to Glock 17s and 19s and 23s and 26s. So you're a Glock guy. Yeah. Just because they're, I don't, I started, when I started competing, that's why I used the Glock 34, Glock 35. Mm. Yeah. And they're just, I mean, there's so many parts for them, so many cool gadgets, sights, you name it. So that's what I use. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I cut my teeth on. I started off with the Glock 22. That was my first semi-auto handgun that I could call my own, that I owned. And uh, I just fell in love with them ever since. Yeah. I, I mean, Glock. they're just. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like other handguns too. <laughs> I, mean, I like SIGs. I like uh, the H&K. I like the VP9. I've shot it a few times. A little too big though. It's not, not for my own personal carry. You know, I wouldn't use one of those. I'll stick with the Glock for my personal carry. Use the 23. I'm a 40 guy. I'm that guy. <laughs> I like the 40 round. That's just what I cut my teeth on. So, sure. but I like all guns, man. I like everything. I like I, all firearms, shotguns, I, rifles, you name it. Air guns, man. When I was at Shot Show last year, uh, was it Crossman? Crossman had a 357 air gun. Wow. They were they were taking down big game with that thing. Damn. It was amazing. I know it. 357 air gun. <laughs> there was a TV show on a, a year or two ago. It was uh it was actually kind of half competitive, half hunting, and it was all about air guns. It was pretty neat. Oh, really? I learned a lot. Same thing. They had some big boar guns they were hunting hogs with and stuff and I was I had yeah. no no idea. Didn't know they they allowed them that big, you know, for yeah. an air gun. But yeah, as Crossman had those. I'm, nice. I'm curious to see what they're going to be rocking this year. Bucket list. What is, before you leave this earth, what is the one firearm that you absolutely must got to have? Laws be damned. Money be damned. What would you have? Hmm. Well, shoot, that's tough. The old 50 cal Barrett, definitely high on that list. Yeah. That or like a full auto MP, MP5. Man, I shot... I've never shot a Barrett 50. I've shot, you know, the M250 50 cal machine mm-hmm. gun, which is now that would be if I could have one of those, but that's like getting one of those hey, or something. I'd have one of those or maybe the old M60 mounted on top of a Jeep or something or a UTV and just drive around my range and just fill the, fill the berms with lead. Match it to your submarine. Yeah. Holding that, holding that butterfly and hitting a little handle. Oh man. Yeah. I would say that. I mean, definitely something full auto for sure. But the, the G 50, minigun. Oh, well, I forgot about that. I've never shot a minigun. They had one at, uh, oh, the range up in Tulsa there where they had the Pro Series, USSA it's called, United States Shooting Cabin. Uh-huh. And the owner's a big class, class three guy. He's got a collection that it's huge, I'm told. 
but he had a minigun there and you could rent, you know, hundred rounds or whatever it was for a hundred bucks or something to that effect. And every now and then you'd be out there setting targets and you just hear, (laughs) 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 and I never made it it over there to shoot the damn thing before they took it down. So what my, one of my bucket list things would be is those A-10 warthogs is, is to, to shoot one of those 30 cal. Oh yeah. Machine guns out of one of those as I'm coming down on an ISIS camp or something. Oh my and God. just unload one of those. Though I mean, just hearing those things on TV or in the movies is just scary enough. Yeah, just cutting stuff in half. You know, just, I mean, can you can you imagine actually in real life either being in that plane or down on the ground where it's shooting and hearing that? I mean, I would, I'd probably just die of a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, depending on which end you're on on that on that situation. Right, right. I mean, I would I would die of a hard on shooting it, or I would die of a heart attack being shot at. <laughs> you just pass out. You pull pull the trigger until your blood all rushes from your head. That's right. Oh, love it. Uh, that would be like bucket list thing for me to do right there. Oh, especially being in an, air, in an airplane like that. that. Oh yeah, yeah. That would be phenomenal. Or doing it doing a Harrier jet. I would love to to uh, fly a Harrier jet also. Do a, a VTOL, vertical takeoff landing. Gotcha. Those things are f- awesome too. Yes. All right, back to the real world. What uh, What's your next practical gun that you're going to get? Well, it's probably another pistol. Or just, or just fun gun that you want to have. Well, I'm, 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 like I said earlier, I'm kind of addicted to the whole suppressor thing right now, and I'm still lacking a good 300 blackout, so... Ooh. I need something there. Uh, one of my sponsors, Rhino Arms, are my rifle sponsor. They uh-huh. make, they make, uh, they teamed up with this company called Liberty Suppressors, and they make a PDW gun that is fully uh, integrally. I can never say that word right. Integrally, I'm the same way, man. Silencer Co. came out with that integrally graded. Basically, the silencer is part of the barrel. One tax. Right. It's all one gun. It's yeah. So they've got a 16 inch 300 blackout. It's going to be integrated. Yeah, they they had it at Shot Show last year. It was awesome, and I don't know if you're familiar with Rhino, but they do a lot of cool high end mm. billet, billet receivers, carbon fiber hand guards, just neat stuff. That is writing them down too. That is one of the coolest guns I saw last year at Shot. And uh, you know who's making a 300 blackout, don't you? I do not. Well, everybody. Another, but. <laughs> another one of your sponsors. Oh yeah, yeah. Nordic said they were going to be making something. Yeah. That's interesting because, like you, like you, uh, Leadhead's probably heard on the show. They've they've made OEM parts for a bunch of big companies for a long time. That's and right. Usually, you don't see Nordic Components rifles, but I actually have I think two lower receivers that say Nordic Components on the side. And they Very would cool. Yeah, they would typically give that stuff out at matches as prizes. You know, they don't. Mm-hmm. I guess in the past they didn't want to compete with their customers, so they never made rifles. Right. They just made parts and stuff that you know the other companies didn't sell. And I don't know for one reason or the other they're they're going to start making their own rifles. I guess why not? Everybody else is right. Yeah, they're like you know we're we're making we're basically making them anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> why not just go ahead and start putting our name on them? It was cool though. They used to do some neat stuff. They would anodize them like bluish colored, like their logo, and they'd have yeah. them on the prize table. So it was like this one of a kind Nordic Components rifle that you could never purchase, but you could win it. So those were always awesome. really popular matches. Yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah, the next rifle or next gun I'm going to get is either that gun or I've got some uh, Infinity pistols on order that should be here in the next six to eight months. Now, what's an Infinity pistol? Uh, are you familiar with STI? Yes, STI. Well, back in the day, S- STI and 
Yeah, exactly. And and those are cheap cheap compared to an SVI. Uh, you could you could uh, Google it and look on Wiki and it'll explain the difference between the two companies. Basically, you've got STI in one Texas. Yeah, both are in Texas. They were they originally were the same company, same same two or three guys started the companies. And at some point there in the early history of uh, STI was a competition shooting gun company, and SVI and STI broke off, and basically STI became what they are now, and they mass produce competition oriented guns in 1911s, double stack polymer frames. Right. And uh, are they doing 2011s also? Yeah, STI patented the 2011. Okay. SVI makes the same sort of gun. They both had the patent on that double stack 1911, whatever that patent was, double stack 1911 frame that was. Uh, I guess uh, you know, the grip was different pieces. I don't know what the patent actually says, but basically they make the same thing. Well, STI went down the road of mass production, and SVI went down the road of custom-built pistols. So for the okay. last 20 years, they've been custom-building pistols. You, know, you order one, they build it, and there's one guy that builds every pistol. So they're very, uh, they are very—they don't make a lot of guns a year. It's about a 12-month wait to get right. one. And they're very expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're about, I would say, probably 20%, 30% more than an STI would be, but, I mean, they're 20 30% prettier and and better trade. More rare. Yeah, I mean, every gun is, if you want to, if you want it, you can think of it, they'll build it. So it's, it's like building a Wilson Combat, but getting, you know, customized the way right. you want Wilson Combat built it. So, so um, do you want to get one of those? Yeah, I've actually got a single sec 1911 on order. I actually had, used to have all STIs and, uh, I got hooked up with SVI. Just, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, I want the next step. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And ordered some, I've got four of them now. And, uh, if you follow going to be competition guns. Yeah, everything's always got a competition use. That's my excuse. Yeah. <laughs> tax tax write off, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. So if there's a division or a scenario or whatever that I need it for, I can justify buying it, even there if it go. costs four grand. You know, so yeah, uh, this the wife's actually, behind you on it because it's part of your profession, right? You need it. You need yeah. it to be successful. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie; she's never behind that. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say she's one of those cool chicks. She's She's behind you 100%. No, she doesn't really care, but at the same time, she cares. You know, it's kind of like... Oh, it's money, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I've got one of those on order, and I'm, I'm contemplating, you know, it's, a, it's like I said, it's a 12-month wait, so you kind of have to order one in like every six months, so you always got a new gun coming in. There you go. <laughs> but it's hard, yeah. to sell, it's hard to sell one to get a new one. But the hard thing is, is that, you know, they build a few thousand pistols a year or so, and you uh, they've got a Facebook group, and... and uh, you follow the, the post pictures of the new guns that somebody built, and you're like, "Oh man, that one looks so much better than what I was going to build." So you're like, "Yeah." You email Brandon like, "Hey man, I'm going to change the look of mine. You see that new site you just did, or that new slide, or that color, or whatever it was? Let's do that." And a week later, he gets back. She's like, "Okay, we'll talk to you again next week." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you never get the gun because you're always changing it. Making yeah, it- <laughs> well, it only takes maybe a month or so to build the gun, so you have time. And actually, right. well, I was really surprised. You, you know, you can custom pick your serial number. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I've actually got, they they make a really cool gun. It's a black DLC finish, and then they titanium nitride, the barrel, and a bunch of other parts. So you've got these, it's it's kind of ghetto looking, but at first I thought it was really gaudy and ugly, but then it kind of grew on me. (laughs) It grew on you, yeah. Yeah. And and people are always taken back by it because it's so different. And the uh, I showed the picture of something similar to my wife. I'm like, man, I need to pick a serial number. And all the other other serial numbers I picked were kind of three-gun oriented. Yeah. And she's like, panty dropper. Penny dropper. <laughs> You're so like, that, thanks, honey, but yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's that's what that black and gold pistol is, is the panty dropper. The penny dropper. That's awesome, man. It's, it's you actually the, to, the you hardest. You post pi- pictures of your guns when you get them? Do you post them up? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all over my Instagram page and Facebook. 
if you if you cool. dig into the albums and stuff. But it's really hard to pick a serial number because you know you're like, okay, this is going to stick with this pistol, and if I ever decide to sell this pistol, who's going to want to buy the panty dropper? Uh, Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of figures. A lot of people use their name, and then you're you know, I'm not a big fan of selling guns, but eventually it happens. Yeah. So then, who's going to want to buy the 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 Joe Smith gun? You know, Joe Smith Joe one. Smith. I think you can well, have. It depends. You know, if if you're Jerry Mitchlick. Uh, hmm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That actually would be a good serial number. You probably add an additional thousand dollars to the price of the gun. <laughs> it's true. I thought about that, and I don't know if it would be a compliment or embarrassment if I did some of that myself. <laughs> I may oh, never. Man. I may never sell ass. it. You're kicking ass right now in three guns. So. Might ought to get a couple with your name on it as the serial number. I thought about it. I mean, you can put logos. They'll they'll do anything you want. The, there's you can always a, put talking lead on there. There you go. A lot of companies <laughs> will do that. They'll put their their company name or you know something similar to that on there, and it it works out well. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like talking lead? Yeah. It is it is actually a very catchy name. So, have you seen Pretty that? Cool. Uh, well, there's that episode of Shooting USA. They go and tour the like the Hollywood gun store. It's this you know company that does nothing but make cool guns for Hollywood and makes them only take blanks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Uh-huh. I mean, that I place was, that. it was ginormous. You would not. Have, I mean, they're all fake guns. I mean, they they were right. real at one point, but then they reconvert them and but uh, awesome. They stuff. make them movie safe. Yeah, exactly. Or they just make them fake. I mean, some of the stuff is just completely unrealistic. But you know, like right. some of the, the like science Star science fiction Wars stuff. guns and shit. Exactly. Those there's like one place out there that does it all. Oh, that's cool. And Shooting USA did a little tour of it? They did. Uh, uh, I don't know if you heard of the guy, Terrence Butler. That out. Yeah. He, yeah, he's he's out there in Hollywood. Absolutely. If you follow him on Facebook, he does a lot of training with some of the stars. Mm-hmm. And I think he might have hooked that up. All right, one more question, and then we're going to get into our fact to fight the myth. If you could spend the day at the range with anyone or any group, fictional, dead, still living, who would it be? Well, I'm pretty performance-focused. So I'd probably be a class with somebody teaching me how to run one of my guns better. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because we were talking about him earlier, comes to mind, is uh, Kyle Lamb. Kyle Lamb, okay. You know, I mean, he... Read, Major Lamb. Yeah, I've read his books, watched his videos. He's done some competitive shooting stuff to, to coordinate with the the tactical stuff that he does. And, I, I mean, I think that stuff dovetails together perfectly. You, you, can, you can never shoot too fast no matter what you're doing if you're shooting at, at deer, people... Targets, whatever it may be, shooting There's faster no is always thing. a good thing. Yeah, no such thing as too fast. No, so I think he'd be a great instructor, and he seems like a pretty cool dude too. So yeah, that was uh, I think that was actually one of the people that Casey picked also, and of course Jerry, he picked him, and Casey Knutson with Nordic picked him also. Yeah, so Jerry's Jerry's a good guy to shoot with. I've actually got the pleasure to shoot with Jerry a bunch of times, so I couldn't pick him again. Right? Yeah, you you've actually had that pleasure. Yeah, so. it's funny. It's funny you say Jerry the first. Well, it may have been the second, first or second big three gun match I ever, you know, left Oklahoma to go shoot. I was on his squad. And, oh man, I bet oh, you were intimidated, huh? Oh man, well, I mean, yeah, no, I was. I, every stage I asked him, I was like, Jerry, what choke are you running your shotgun? <laughs> what, what, like, main, what main vacation you get your scope set at for this long stuff? <laughs> every stage, like, same questions. He's like, kid, here, I'm just going to write everything down for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was pretty bad. He's a super nice guy, man. It's like shooting with your granddad. He just That's super what everybody helpful. says. I mean, and that's what I've noticed everybody in this this industry, especially the three gun, when I go to these competitions, everybody just seems like they're more than happy willing. It's almost like they want to 
talk to the new and up and coming guys and give them tips and tricks and pointers. I've even seen them let them run their their gear, you know, their equipment. Oh, for sure. I've so uh, it's, I've kept an extra set of stuff around, you know, obviously as a backup, but I mean, I'll loan out my stuff nonstop to people. Yeah. It's just mis- community. Misery loves company. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one thing. You know, I, I started what I say, 2009, so that's five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was 32, 33 years old. And man, if I could have found this when I was 20, 21, 22 years old, talk about wasted, waste of 10 years not shooting stuff I really, really enjoy. Of course, I might not have been able to afford all the ammunition I go through nowadays back then. But, uh, that's uh, true. And- I don't guess it was around back then either, was it? Yeah, they, they've had three guns since. Uh, they used to have Soldier of the Fortune matches back in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. But, you know, it was really small, and it was definitely a different game as it is now. Right. But definitely yeah. becoming more more pop culture, more commercialized. Sure. Yeah, Heck, when I started in 2009, there wasn't a match in Oklahoma. I had I drove to Fort Smith, Arkansas, three hours to shoot my first ever match. And, I man, it was – I actually got to shoot with Taron Butler on his squad, my first match ever. Very and, cool. Uh, it was kind of a regional thing, and – Man, my stuff was so jacked up. I had like a UTG scope riser on my Trigicon scope. <laughs> it wasn't the right height because I had no idea about mounting scopes. So I couldn't even rotate from 1.25 to 4. I had to like, I couldn't do it on the clock. There was, it had to stop. Yeah, there was no throw levers. It was actually touching the pick rail on my rifle. So I had to like crank it over. So bad. You get a file and file it down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there, there it was, Taron Butler squad, and I was just like seeing that dude shoot. I could not believe it. I'm like, but, I, need, I need to figure. But out you got to start. That. You got to start somewhere, you know. And that's what we tell people is like, you know, just do it. These these three gun competitions are open to anybody. So if you got a pistol, you got a shotgun, you got a rifle, get you some ammo and just go and worry about your gear later. You know, just go and do it, enjoy it, have a good time. And the gear will come as you get more experienced, more involved with it. Exactly. And that actually kind of ties in with my uh, fact to fight a myth. Well, perfect. Good segue. So now it's time for our fact fact to fight the myth. Jesse, what have you got for us this week? Well, like you were saying, I mean, I spend a lot of time on Facebook and gun forums and everything. And I'm a big proponent of the shooting sports, whether it's three gun, pistol, you name it. When it comes to coming to a match, you always see guys that like, hey, I'm interested, but I think I want to come watch first, or I'm not quite good enough. I need to practice before I come out. And <laughs> this guy, <laughs> that's you, me. You don't need to do that. I mean, when we all start, I'm sure there's some guys that start that are really good, but most of us that start are terrible. Like <laughs> compared to Jerry Micklick, we're all terrible. And you know, like, first match I ever shot, I dropped magazines, I ran out of ammo, couldn't finish the stage, you name it. And that all that was to me was, okay, I'm gonna get better at this because I don't like sucking at anything. So, and it's just it's, it's fun. I mean, there's there's all kinds of guys out there that aren't ever gonna be a, a pro shooter, but they enjoy having a reason to take their guns out on the weekend and run them. So that's my fact: is you don't need to practice before you come shoot. Just come and shoot. Yeah, but be safe. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, this no the safety, but. Yeah, just get your guns out of the safe, knock the cobwebs off of them, and go shoot them. That's what exactly. you got them for. You, you do not need to practice first. Just come out and shoot. Know the safety. They make the ammunition safe. every day. Yep. <laughs> we're not going to run out of ammunition. No. They might no. run out of money, but they're not going to run out of ammunition. Really, the, the only good excuse I can I can hear from anyone about not coming out to shoot a match is just expense. I mean, it's not cheap to burn through 100 rounds out of each gun and pay a match fee and drive and all that stuff, but... If you can afford it, you've got the gear, you got the guns. Come do it, man. You'll wish you would have done it a year years ago. 
exactly. Just uh, don't buy that can of skull for a month. You know, see how much money you'll save there. Put that toward ammo. Quit, you know, quit buying your cigarettes. Quit buying your alcohol. Uh, you know, just sacrifice something for a month, something that's frivolous that you don't really uh, need to survive, and put that towards your entry fees. Entry fees are cheap. I mean, some of them are like twenty bucks just to sure. to go and enter some of these local contests. And then just, you know, get your ammo. You don't need match-grade ammo either to go, you know, shoot your first match. You do not. It is, man. Just go buy some freaking full metal jacket and go shoot. Yeah, and like you said, man, if you don't have all the guns and gear, I've loaned out my stuff. I've loaned out my match guns at club matches more often, more times than I can count. So if you need stuff, get on your Facebook, get on your local gun forum. There's there's somewhere to contact people that are at that match or somewhere they're talking about your matches locally to you. Get on there and talk to him, man. Like I said, misery loves company. If you were like, man, I don't have any shotgun caddies or I don't have any mag pouches, chances are there's a guy like me that's got six of everything. <laughs> because like, <laughs> he'll be like, happy to sell you one of his old ones. <laughs> I've done a lot of that too. Because he's just he's just won a new one, or he just one of his sponsors just gave him a new one. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Very cool. So that is a good fact to fight the myth. Founded in 2012. IWIUS is the USA-based subsidiary of Israel Weapon Industries Limited of Ramat Hasharon, Israel. The IWIUS line of products includes the Tavor X95, the Uzi Pro pistol and SMG, the Galil Ace line of firearms, and the belt-fed Negev line of light machine guns. IWI's mission is to bring the highest quality firearms with real world proven reliability to the U.S. commercial and law enforcement market. IWI U.S. are proud sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner and the Lead Head Brigade. Check us out at www.iwi.us and on social media under IWI U.S. All right, guys, that was a great fact to fight the myth from Jesse. Appreciate you uh, bringing that to us today, Jesse. Now it's time for our trivia, and I know you guys are anxious to find out who won the Nordic Components MXT Shotgun Extension, and so what you guys had to do was, and we let this run longer than normal just so we could give everybody a a fair opportunity, because I know a lot of people will download the shows and listen to them later, or they kind of binge listen, they'll wait a couple of weeks, three or four weeks, and download three or four shows and listen to them. So I think I'm going to start doing all my trivia questions that way from here on out is to give you guys uh, a couple of shows in between the questions. Uh, that way it gives everybody an opportunity to try to win some cool prizes like this uh, Nordic Components MXT shotgun magazine extension kit. So you had to watch the video where Jesse is shooting the NCR 22RB 22 upper from Nordic Components. And that was kind of the answer to the, the the question is you had to tell them on their post what he was shooting. And obviously that was it. It was the 9.25 NC 22 RB. It's there in the title. So if you just went to the page, you didn't even have to watch the damn video to, to get the right answer. And then you also had to like their page, like the video, and then leave the comment with your answer and say Leadhead was here. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in you guys because we've only got about – I think 16 or 17 people that actually took part. Uh, we should have had a whole lot more participation in this competition. It might have been my mustache. I'm not sure. It, that might have turned people off. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's kind of a, a cool black Bart-looking kind of stash there. <laughs> it was around Halloween. It goes, I, was, I was experimenting. 
There you go. There you go. But uh, the right and all the people who were on there got the right answer. Um, and we'll verify, but I'm pretty sure everybody liked it. I know this guy did. He's the winner. And Jesse, tell them who the winner is. The winner of the Nordic MXT shotgun tube extension kit is Bobby Partida. 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 Congrats, my friend. Congratulations, Bobby. We appreciate you taking part. Get in touch with me via my Facebook page and get me your contact information. And we'll make sure to put you in touch with Casey Knutson over there at Nordic Components, and he'll set you up uh, with whatever shotgun you've got uh, for that extension. So congratulations, and thanks to everybody who took part. Uh, appreciate you leadheads. And we still haven't got a winner for the Primec. Um, let me see where that video's at right now. you got to get 900, and we were only 50 away, I think, last show. Let's see if we're up. We might be giving it away today. Hold on. Oh, you guys are killing me. All right, it's only 874 views. We still need 26 more views before we can give away those videos. So the Primec Trivia Question Prize is still up for grabs. You guys can listen to the past shows to find out how what you got to do to win that. Got it posted on Facebook page. But really cool, he's going to give you three videos of your choice, three videos from Primec. And uh, you got to get that up to 900. I mean, it's only 900. Holy shit. You know, you'd think 10 of you could go put it in the loop and get it up to 900. Anyway. All right, Leadhead. So now it's time for this week's trivia question. And to be no surprise, it's going to be something related to Jesse. And we're going to make it something on his Facebook page. We're going to make it easy for you like we did the Nordic Components. All right. I apologize for making you guys watch a video of me shooting two weeks in a row here. <laughs> what we're going to do is uh, go to my Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash Jesse Tischauser. It should come up if you just search it. Uh, watch T-I-S-C-H-A-U-S-E-R. I don't think there's anyone else with that same name other than my brothers or my dad, so you should be good. Uh, watch the video I've got pinned on top. It's called Empty Chamber Shotgun Speed Reload. Like the page, like my page, like the video, and then comment how many shells are thrown at me as long as well as the lead head was here. There you go. So guys, pretty much just like the Nordic components, go to his Facebook page, like it, like the video, and then leave your answer in the comment sections for that video and say lead head was here. And the winner is going to get their choice of an AR-15 double speed load rifle molly pouch from Tax Shield, or you can uh, get a pistol magazine pouch from Tax Shield. So your choice, winner gets that, and they also get... I've got a Streamlight ink hat that I will send you, and I, I may be able to dig up some more goodies that are yet to be determined. I, my apologies for not being a little more on the ball here, but I'm sure I've got some more stuff from some of my awesome sponsors that I'll throw in that uh, prize pack. There you go. So you're also going to get a little uh, a little care package from Jesse with some swag from some of his sponsors. Very cool. We'll find you something good. There's there's plenty of logos on my shirt. <laughs> so we'll give you a couple of weeks on this one also uh, before we announce a winner, and I'll be posting it on Facebook, uh, social media. Uh, make sure you go check us out on the Gun District also. Uh, that's a new social media, uh, 2A friendly place. So uh, Leadheads, go there. Uh, I'll be posting stuff there as well. 
I think you can link that to Facebook. So when I do post there, it'll automatically go to Facebook. But I'm still learning it, but I'll get there. Jesse, what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up the rest of the year? You got any more matches or tournaments? Nothing big. The uh, the season kind of end, ended for me here a few weeks ago, but uh, I've got uh, local matches. If you're anywhere in the Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas area, you may see me at one of your club matches. Um, next big thing is shot show, obviously, and then uh, next season starts probably for me in about uh, mid May. Mid May, and do you already have something scheduled for that? I do not. We're kind of waiting on the announcement of Three Gun Nation Pro Series when those dates are going to be before I start signing up for stuff that isn't Three Gun Nation approved. So I got you. When do they start filming the Three Gun Nation? Last year it was in March, but uh, usually they kind of get their budget done at or around SHOT Show, get the sponsors lined out, and then they make their announcements. So usually uh, February, mid-February, I would say. Okay. Good deal. And obviously you're going to be a part of that as well, so people can watch you on the Three Gun Nation. What station is that on? It's on the Sportsman's Channel, as well as I think Blaze TV covers it as well, or carries it. Okay. And then obviously they can go Google Three Gun Nation, and the website will have everywhere you can watch it. they probably got some videos on there, too. Yeah, they've got some past episodes. You can actually download them on CarbonTV.com. Oh, okay. Carbon TV. Just search Three Gun Nation, and they've got links to everything on their website. It's actually got a bunch of info on there. So, Or you can Google Jesse T. Three Gun, and you'll find... Anything and everything that I've ever done on the internet, good or bad. Okay. Now, speaking of, where are you? Where all are you? You're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. I'm everywhere, man. I'm uh, a friend of mine called me the Howard Stern of Three Gun. So <laughs> he's got, everywhere. He's everywhere. I've uh, I've got Facebook. That's probably the fastest, easiest way to reach me. I've got a website with all my sponsors and some photos and videos on there. I've got a YouTube channel. Uh, Instagram has been my latest and greatest craze, man. It's just full of cool pictures and none of the old talking about anything. It's just, here's a cool pic every three, four, five, 24 hours type thing. So, uh, yeah. like I said, you can find me on Facebook. I've got a, a athlete page or professional page and then I've got my personal page, but they're both open so you can see everything I do there. Um, Instagram is probably the coolest thing because I post pictures and videos and little short tidbits of stuff. So if you do that, see me there. I'm also on the gun district. I've got a profile over there. I'm, I'm like, like you are, I'm still learning that. Trying to integrate <laughs> it into my social media, uh, awareness. Menagerie. Yeah. 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 I do the Twitter thing, but There's so many of them, man. I know, oh. I know. Twitter, Tumblr, you name it. Usually I just kind of cross post. I'm not a, I'm not a LeBron James. LeBron James. I don't need my own Twitter. You know, nobody cares what I'm doing on a Friday night. They just want to see me right. shoot. The less things that I have to interact with, the better, the safer for everybody. <laughs> but you were mentioning about all your sponsors. Who all sponsors you? <laughs> well, I've got a, a comprehensive list of with as you know with three gun. There's tons of guns and gear, and I've it's like NASCAR. <laughs> I've tried to cover every base, man. I want I want sights, grips, you name it. So, uh, like yeah. I said, if you go to my website, I've got a. Uh, tab there you can click that says sponsors my big ones are rhino arms they they sponsor me with rifles they're out of st louis missouri they make some really high-end cool stuff and we actually released a gun together this year kind of more geared towards the entry level not something they had done in the past so um if you hit me up i've got discount codes for a lot of my sponsors so if you see a logo on my website that you're like hey this guy's got something that i need uh hit me up on facebook and i'll send you a discount usually seven to fifteen percent off so sweet uh, yeah, Optics Planet is one of my big sponsors. They have over a million SKUs. So if there's something gun-wise that you want, other than... They got everything in there. Other, the only thing they don't sell right now is magazines and uh, serialized firearms. All the parts they'll sell. So right. uh, even some of my other sponsors, they'll sell it cheaper than 
then they will. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got a 10% off discount for Optics Planet. So if you want to get some gear before uh, the holidays, and chances are I'm going to have a little bit better discount codes coming up here with Black Friday. So hit me up. Ooh, sweet. Uh, uh, Freedom Munitions, that's my ammunition sponsor. Uh, J. Dewey Cleaning Rods. They're a big sponsor. And then uh, Chamber View, Chamber Safety Flags. And, of course, your sponsor and my sponsor, Nordic Components. There you go, Nordic Components. And he's got a discount code. We've got a discount code. Get 7% off. Oh, one, one, of, one of them. One of their company. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've got a 7.25% discount code if you mention it. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's the same thing. Uh, too bad you can't combine them, right? Yeah, that would be something. But like you said, with these Black uh, Friday specials coming up, um, you can use them in conjunction with those, and yes, be some. You big should savings. be really rocking. Get some great gifts for your uh, gun enthusiast or for yourself. Yep, stuff uh, your own stuff your own stocking. When somebody asks you what you want for Christmas, just give them the discount code and say, "Go there and buy it." Exactly. One uh, one sponsor I'd like to mention that's kind of a. Uh, I thought was kind of cool this year was zero tolerance knives. Oh it's, yeah, yeah. It's always kind of our goal to get you know the Pe- Pepsi, Coca Cola, something that's not gun related in yeah. the in the shooting sports. And just out of the blue this year, I managed to get a deal going with those guys, and it uh, looks like it's going to grow next those year. Are and they're kick ass knives, man. Oh man. To be, I'll be honest with you. I actually was interested in the Kershaw line because I've had those since I was a kid. My dad was a big Kershaw fan, and mm-hmm. we started talking, and they're like, "Hey, we'd like to put you in the zero tolerance stuff." And my jaw hit the floor, and I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. I love Kershaw. I've got several Kershaw knives. My uh, dive knife is a Kershaw knife. Nice. Um, but you know, it just price point wise, I just can't justify spending the money on a zero tolerance knife. You know, they're just. They're just like out of my price range, you know. Yeah, it's definitely not the kind of knife you want to lose, you know. No, no. And, and I've, that's that's why I had a lot of Kershaws because I'm pretty good at losing knives, but yeah. But the great thing about them is, you know, they've got the warranty on them. They're tough. They're going to last a lifetime. They're heirloom-type quality uh, knives. So, yeah. I mean, they're well worth the price. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just I'm just a cheap ass. Yeah, yeah I've been a big fan of the uh, – they make some really cool carbon fiber slash titanium stuff. I'm a mechanical engineering by degree. Mechanical engineer. So that stuff, when I saw that, I was, okay, I'm like, I'll take one of each of those, please. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty cool to have a non-endemic, you know, gun, gun, uh, company or a knife company get into the gun side of things. It was, but it makes sense because gun people are knife people also. Well, yeah, I was actually watching, uh, the reason I contacted them, I was watching an old video back in, oh, uh, it was when, uh, shooting sports were actually on ESPN back in the day, probably in the nineties. And, one dude had buck knives on his jersey, and I'm like, man, why? Why isn't? Why? Where's the tie-in here? Why would we lose that? And uh, I hit zero tolerance up or Kershaw up, and here we are today. So they're they're getting yeah. involved with three gun, getting involved with myself. So pretty cool. Makes perfect sense. You know, I get a lot of people ask me like, you know, why do you sponsor an MMA fighter? Why do you sponsor a NASCAR truck? You know, why do you? I was like, well, because all those people are also. The majority of them are into outdoors and guns and hunting and gear. You know, it just yeah. it makes sense. Chances are, if you're watching any of that stuff, you have a firearm or two. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. a knife, and yeah, exactly. Or you, or you like to camp out, or you know, yeah, you're outdoors, do something man. outdoors. You like to fish, you know, whatever. It's all related somehow. I mean, it's stuff, it, it stuff, stuff. Men like stuff, and women. There you go as well. 
again, big thanks to our new sponsor, Tactical Walls. Uh, make sure you guys go to tacticalwalls.com and use that leadhead discount code there. Nordic Components, as Jesse and I were just talking. All the codes are the same. It's leadhead, all capital, all one word, leadhead. And you're going to get discount at Nordic Components. You're going to get discount at Tactical Walls. You're going to get discount at uh, at Dipstick. Uh, their website's Dip123. And go to Primic, and you're going to get a big discount there. I think he's given 15% discount there. So if you're tired of waiting on trying to win those videos, just go buy them. You, know, you get 15% off. Go buy a dozen of them and give them as, as Christmas gifts. I want to thank Troy. I want to thank... Kalashnikov USA wants you guys to go and support Mission 22. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. That is unacceptable. Uh, we need to get the awareness out there. So you guys go to their website, buy their shirts, buy their hats, buy their koozies, you know, whatever they've got, whatever you uh, can wear, rock, talk about, get people talking about this problem that we have in our country about our uh, our sheepdogs that are committing suicide, 22 a day, that's 8,000 a year. The numbers are staggering. We want to eliminate that. So get the awareness out there. Go to Mission 22. Uh, and then on all your social media, make sure you do hashtag MI22ION. Sheepdog Impact Assistance, Sheepdog IA. These guys, you've heard me talk about them many times. They're helping our former sheepdogs stay active in getting groups together for these disaster recovery missions, keeping them active, or former military, former law enforcement, uh, fire department. Even if you never served, you weren't military, you weren't uh, fire department, EMS, any of that, you could still help out, still join the mission. Go to Sheepdog IA and learn how you can either donate money, donate your time uh, to help those guys there as well. Uh, make sure you guys send me your suggestions on ankle holsters. I'm, I'm in the market for a new ankle holster. And also, I wanted to throw this out, something for you guys to be thinking about. Torture test. Are you tired of seeing the torture test videos? I never, Personally, I never get enough of watching torture test videos. What about you, Jesse? Man, I wreck uh, veteran did some torture tests, and that's some of the few I've watched when he just blew up the Glock, blew up the AR, blew up the AK. Those were yeah. awesome. very long, but I sat down. The high point. Yes, <laughs> I just wanted to see those guns melt. You know, so. I know it. I know it. So you know that—that's my question to you guys: Is are you tired of the torture test? Uh, what would you like to see new, different? What would make it more exciting on a torture test? Do you like the ones that go overboard? Do you like them to stay realistic? Uh, give me your feedback on that because obviously I've got some ideas uh, on some videos coming up. Uh, you heard when VSO Spectre with VSO Gun Channel was on here, we're talking about doing some AK-47 torture test. Want to get some feedback on that? That's coming up. Something that a project we're going to be doing next year, but um, next year's coming up. It's around the corner. All right, Jesse. Thanks again for being on. Uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, look forward to having you on again, and hopefully we can hook up at Shot Show not before you ever get uh, to this neck of the woods tennessee i do man there's a bunch of matches out there at the rock castle so uh we can make it happen and, and if if i don't get there i definitely like uh lower broadway there in nashville tennessee that's one of my favorite places in the whole world oh heck yeah brother i'll uh i'll take you around to some of the, the local places there heck yeah i've never been off the main strip there so that would be fun okay good deal it's it's done considered done <laughs> and as always leadheads keep your loved ones close and keep your rhino arms closer. Rhino? <laughs> you going on a safari? 
Yes, that's right. We are on location this week. It's the Orient Express. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, all the sirens and everything are going off. That was awesome. Trains, planes, and emergencies. Isn't it great to sit in live? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> okay.